Good evening, and welcome to Progressively Horrified, the show where we hold horror to standards it absolutely never agreed to. <laughs> Good evening and welcome to Progressively Horrified, the podcast where we hold horror to progressive standards it never agreed to. Tonight, we're talking about yet another horror movie where five women go camping in the woods. But boy, does this one not go the same way the rest of them do. Because tonight, we're talking about Annihilation. I am your host, Jeremy Whitley, and with me tonight, I have a panel of cinephiles and cinebites. First, my co-host and comic book writer, Ben Kahn. Ben, how are you tonight? Am I? Am I Ben? I don't know anymore. <laughs> well, Ben or not Ben. Uh, <laughs> this movie fucks with reality. Mirror Ben. <laughs> Mirror Ben. Uh, next up, um, co-host, collaborator, and comics books artist and weird sci-fi aficionado, Emily Martin. How are you tonight, Emily? I'm, I'm a bit confused. Um, I'm trying to figure out how the, this, um, this sequel to Mortal Kombat really, like addresses the existential dread that i was promised in this film um well but i mean animality is is pretty intense and it does challenge our ideas of uh how we see the universe so um i'm ready to discuss that i'm hoping that that was the right annihilation it was a good way of exploring the theme of life changing yeah, I mean, um, I didn't see a lot of parallels with the book, but I know a lot of uh, directors will. Anyway, <laughs> I mean, I would go for a, a club remix where they just shouted "existential dread." <laughs> I will say this: both this and Mortal Kombat Annihilation are two movies about an alien world slowly overtaking the realm of Earth. <laughs> Connected, love it unlikely combinations. Um, I've, I've heard a lot of techno songs that do have a sound clip of somebody going Annihilation in the middle of it. Maybe that we're in Mortal Kombat Annihilation. So there's more there's more techno in that than in the new Mortal Kombat. But that's not If working. I am in Mortal Kombat Annihilation, that definitely explains the quality. Of- <laughs> Before we go off on a 30 minute tangent about Mortal Kombat Annihilation, our special guest tonight, comics writer extraordinaire and one of the genuinely best people I know, Vita Ayala. Vita, how are you tonight? Like Ben, I don't know. <laughs> uh, no, I'm doing I'm doing great. Uh, I get to hang out with y'all and talk about one of my, um, which is a big claim. So hopefully back that up. Yeah, this was uh, this was your pick. I mean, it was on our, our list of many uh, weird sci-fi movies with potentially progressive themes that we wanted to check out. Um, but this is uh, this is an interesting one. Uh, let me head a little bit on sort of the the basics here. Um, it's written and directed by Alex Garland, who a lot of people will know uh, probably most recently from Ex Machina, but also 28 Days Later. He's also hand, had his hands in Devs, the TV show. Uh, he did some stuff for Batman Black and White. It's based on the novel by Jeff Vandermeer, which this is the first of a trilogy. It does not appear that at any point they plan on making this a trilogy of movies no. um, oh. for a variety of reasons. Alas. Yeah, and uh, so it it has a killer cast. Um, It stars Natalie Portman, Tessa Thompson, Jennifer Jason Leigh, Gina Rodriguez, Tuva Novotny, Benedict Wong, and Oscar Isaac. And the 
basic plot, as IMDb would put it, is a, a biologist <laughs> signs up for a dangerous secret expedition into a mysterious zone where the laws of nature don't apply, which is like saying that Alien is about the... some miners who are in space. You know, <laughs> technically the truth. But whoever wrote that copy, good for you. Good for yeah. you. Distilled yeah. it down. Good for like, you. Honestly, yeah, if someone true, was like, for you. <laughs> I feel so bad for the IMDb intern who was like, Describe annihilation in one <laughs> sentence. Hold With on, no spoilers. Okay. <laughs> I like. I get that the proper description should have just been like strings of question marks and exclamation points, and that's it. Just wingdings, like a. Yeah. <laughs> Read the book. I, I, I feel like the the proper way to like summarize this one is, uh, guys. Everyone okay? No. <laughs> are, are you okay? Um, which I guess leads to the next question, which is our scare level. Uh, is it spooky as in not spooky, spooky as in a little scary, terrifying as in very scary, or existentially disconcerting? And boy, I, I'm going to say pretty solidly, it is occasionally spooky, but it is consistently existentially disconcerting. Oh, I my will goodness. say yeah. I have a, I, I have like a, I wouldn't say that I'm like tainted in my opinion, but I saw it in theaters. And that experience is so intense. Uh, so like the scenes, uh, spoilers at this point? Uh, we'll, we'll hold off on the spoilers okay. until uh, when we There are three scenes that we'll talk about uh, as we get to it, where like in the theaters, my body, the insides came outside. Like I was just like, I became that thing. So like, it was just, yeah. So I would say three, at least three scenes are genuinely scary. Uh, yeah, and then I, the rest of it just makes you want to curl up into a ball. It has some really genuinely scary stuff. I do imagine the experience of seeing this in theaters to be kind of like my my parents at one point, like my mom called me very upset one night because they had gone to see the fountain in theaters. Oh, and, uh, like she was just like, I don't. Can you tell me what happened? And I was like, no, <laughs> no, no, I can't. I don't. <laughs> I accidentally. I don't know why you went and saw that in theaters. If you would ask me, yeah, I would have told you not to. So I read the book, huge fan of the book, and I took my parents and my wife my mom is afraid of blood my wife does not do well with gore but I was like in the book it's not like that uh so I was yeah. like it's fine it's existentially terrifying and it's it's sci-fi everyone here is good with that and then at one point we'll get there my mom just turns to me and goes <laughs> like, I was like I'm sorry can we say in one word uh videotape <laughs> uh, yeah we need to return that videotape to yeah, where it came that's from memory card and, and to just maybe just to put maybe it out just, there like our, our trigger warnings with this yeah there are definitely trigger warnings oh yeah like, which i should have it has well, some real cronenbergian yeah. type like just really disturbing imagery just like there's gore but like the gory part isn't the problem it's just intense and troublesome is what i wrote down <laughs> like you know it's like if it just been normal gore if it just been somebody doing you know how how some of these scenes Abbing? start off it would be like okay it's, sure yeah. fine it's worse gore yeah, yeah like, it is, it is. what if gore, gore was the gore isn't usually existentially terrifying well that's the thing it's, that i appreciate yeah. right like i love all kinds of horror movies right they're all they all have their own merits but like having to sit with the consequence of of violence violence that you don't really see very well but you mm -hmm. get to see the consequences of it. I was like, oh, okay, all right, okay. We're there forever. That's going to yeah. be burned into this forever. Yeah. Yeah, and the, the only other thing that uh, 
I saw to, to talk about trigger warning wise was there are descriptions uh, and, and after effects of self-harm. There's no actual like self-harm yes. happening in the movie, but they do talk about it. Um, did anybody else have anything they want to throw in there trigger warning wise? Um, I would say they like, it's small, but worth mentioning that like there is a character who's uh, alcoholic, who's on the wagon, but an alcoholic. And then like, it seems like she, she can't possibly have done it, but she kind of begins to act as if she's fallen off the wagon. And I thought like, oh, maybe that could be a thing that people might want to know. Yeah. Also, it's not in super gory detail, but uh, Wade Foster is going to be some of the most just horrific stuff imaginable. So if that, if phosphorus is a particular trigger, um, definitely be aware of that. Oh, yeah. There is a scene at the end, which no spoilers yet, um, but that almost simulates an assault, like a oh, sexual yes. assault. Yes. So I would say like that definitely like it's very short. Yeah. But it uh, that that definitely pushed a button for yeah. me in theater. And it's like it's <laughs> not a... it's not what it is, but it does feel like what it is. Right. Yeah, there's a lot of, of of very disturbing allegorical imagery that yeah. if you have if you've if you've gone especially like it's kind of like the whole David Lynch thing where there's the there's a sense of dread, there's a sense of anxiety. So, you know, I think that that's important with a lot of horror movies, especially because horror can so often um linger in the sort of realm of of camp or you know if jump scares in the formula where if a movie like this that has a lot of like very weird stuff going on can be uh very triggering for people who are um dealing with uh either trauma or anxiety or you know all of the above um or you know recovery things like that that are that are challenging to kind of keep their their um their thoughts focused so you know this is one of those that is um yes if you disassociate yeah get this one maybe yeah. or watch it in a well-lit room with people around you that can center you <laughs> yeah for sure yeah i feel like in a lot of ways it messes with that same part of the brain that uh, the baba duke does it's just like mm-hmm. yeah it's, it's such a heavy disturbing movie yeah uh, that said, i did not put it on your list i just it. chose it <laughs> <laughs> your list I will no, this, no, is, this, a, this is... is a fantastic movie though especially yeah. for there was no way we weren't doing this pod like this podcast wasn't going to cover at some point yeah I'm, I'm just dreading the moment that somebody like outright chooses hereditary because like that's on the list and it should be but i don't want to watch that movie again <laughs> It bothered yeah, me. Yeah, my stomach is already starting to be like mm, <laughs> thinking about it. So um, anyway, but I, I, this is less disturbing than Hereditary to me. So there's that on it's the Hereditary scale. It's about, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. the The intensity of some of the scenes in Hereditary definitely messed me up. For this though, this lingered with me. Whereas like yeah. with with uh, some other movies, not just Hereditary, like there's something that happens that kind of breaks it, and you're like, all right, now it was a movie, and I'm going home. And I'm like. Oh no! My upstairs neighbor uh, watched a bunch of space stuff recently, and uh, she came down. And she was like, "We're too small. We're too small." And now I <laughs> think that all the time, and I'm like, "Oh, this movie definitely does that to you." <laughs> like, I'm I'm just so glad we could have you here uh, for our our genre of flower visual inspired <laughs> post apocalypse. This dropped like months after the. F- first issue of the wilds and i was like that's it the wilds is gone now it's all annihilation and i cannot be mad about that <laughs> like, i mean 
there's a victory there i think yeah. <laughs> um yeah the the one thing i wanted to say about the concept of this film without any spoilers is that the weirdness of it um from what i heard there's a there's an interview with jeff andermeer a while back and he said that a lot of what inspired him to write the books uh was the idea of something just completely un intelligible you know something completely alien not necessarily you know space alien but something uniquely other that mankind just did not have the facility to understand so kind of and it was um actually inspired directly by the um Deepwater Horizons disaster where he was considering how the wildlife and this ecosystem was affected by this thing that was just completely out of sync with that and completely other than that and so he was sort of um, kind of flipping the script there by um, introducing something that is just like crazy, horrible, un- not not um, understandable um, for people to just suddenly be like, okay, there's this invading or- and or weird and or new thing that um, we really don't have the capability to understand. And a lot of a lot of sci-fi movies and a lot of con- conceptual films talk about this. And you know, there is a, there is a distinct horror to that um i think this movie does it really well um i made the mistake of reading the books first so when i first saw the movie i was like <laughs> but um you know as an adaptation oh, wow. and watching it huh i was gonna say i i did too like i watched the i read the movie or read the books first but like i had the opposite reaction i was just like oh no <laughs> <laughs> oh how did you it, it felt like it felt like what I dreamed after I read the book. Like, I was just like, I'm stuck. (laughs) This movie, Annihilation feels like the nightmare I have half remembering after watching Arrival. (laughs) That's so good. That's a good one, yeah. Let's jump into the the spoilery part of things here. I feel like it's very difficult to talk around all of this. Um, and I, I, I want to say, like, I've watched a lot of the um, stuff after the movie. I, I went, like, I got the special edition on Voodoo, and I was looking through all the, the various things. And I have, like, mixed feelings as a writer about the way Alex Garland goes about a lot of stuff in this movie. And that, like, he's been very open, and he does, he does the same thing in some of the featurettes about, like, saying... Yeah, I read the book once and then I adapted it and then I didn't go back and reread the book as I was like writing the screenplay or adapting things because like I wanted to capture the like weird dreamlike experience of, you know, reading the story for the first time and not get bogged down in a lot of the details. Um, get bogged I, down by understanding that. Oh, yeah. Like, but, I feel like the things in the novel that give rise to the feelings that you have might not necessarily make you feel the same way if you visually. Yeah. It, um, and he, he definitely succeeded at creating that scary dreamlike feel. Absolutely. Like his, his version of like the lighthouse, <laughs> right? Like they, you know, for those who didn't read the novel, there's a, there is a lighthouse in the novel, but it is not as important as the structure called the tower in the novel. Yes. And what he did was he fused them in it to get this weird, uncomfortable, claustrophobic for the class of the of the movie, right? Um, and yeah. I think that like it worked because I am really picky about it. I hate like if you're gonna do it, like I'm like you got to get it right, like the detail stuff. And so like 
I watched some of the, the featurette stuff too um, and him talking about like, I just wanted the subjective feeling, right? Like objectively, I can't make this. It, there's no way to do that. But I want to pe make people feel what I, um, and I was like, I don't know. To me, it felt like him and Vandermeer were on the same, like they were like sharing a dreamscape. Like it's just so- uh, Yeah, and Vandermeer is, is in the featurettes as well. And yeah, he, he doesn't seem to be upset at all about this the weird reality of it is that like the book is the first of a trilogy and this the movie is not at all set up to be the first part of a story of you know with multiple parts like right it does not feel at all like come back for the second half or second part of this it's like uh, a very singular vision and that seems to be very much what garland was going for is like he wanted to have this done and, and put together in his sort of version of this story by the end the uh the books are written in a very um dreamlike way too so i mean it's a very very different thing and and for me i felt like the adaptation could have been closer to the books and i was just like on my initial watch through right after i'd read the whole trilogy um I I had certain expectations that weren't met so of course I was like a little bit thrown off but watching it the second time uh this time when I'm a lot more divorced from my experience with the books I felt like it was a lot more successful um I did have quibbles about certain things that were just that that had nothing to do with storytelling and just more to do with visuals but um the uh the the books are very like the tower is it up <laughs> like <laughs> Well, the first one's written as a diary right like the yeah and it's all from the perspective of the the natalie portman character and none of the characters have names so they're all just kind of um but it's already like stripped down so we're we're not even we're just thrown like from the seat of our pants into this experience of the the protagonist and um and also the protagonist is experiencing this like weird mind-bending world-bending thing happening so you know, we have unreliable narrator stuff and, and um, uh, it's a journey and I really enjoyed it. Um, I feel with the movie, it works really well as a movie. Um, yes. And, uh, you know, there's, there, there are quibbles again with, there are certain things that I kind of wish that they focus more on, but, um, you know, as a movie, it was, even though it was like very weird and dreamlike, it's a little bit more uh, linear than the book. I just want to acknowledge how this movie features a deer with flowers for antlers. So I'm pretty sure like that's just straight up Sawsbuck from Pokemon. Yeah. So <laughs> I'm pretty sure that technically makes Annihilation the first live action Pokemon movie before Detective Pikachu. Yeah, I was going to say this is that is the origin of Pokemon. Like this is the origin of Pokemon. Like some space shit happens and then all the animals can say their names or whatever. And they're all like, you know, fucking electrical and shit. What if that was true? <laughs> oh my God. That's like, I <laughs> that's love it. I like that's how they all got the vocal cords by just like killing people and taking their vocal cords. Exactly. <laughs> that's what, uh, what, what gym are you getting to that has this like lure bear with the skull head like, i don't this know a nightmare but just creature. in case i'm gonna make sure my last words are geo dude <laughs> <laughs> well houndour houndour is not necessarily a bear but it is ursa major too right or whatever like, there was like an ursa ursa ring oh ursa ring yeah there you go there's a bear uh i guess it's hard to talk about this 
in a regular ass way like it's just very yeah. difficult to yeah. think about like here are the events of the movie because yeah. it just all weighs on you at once one thing yeah. the movie does that i really like i think really kicks off and sells the dreamlike tone and feel is that decision that as soon as they hit the barrier uh they instantly lose time because I, I also had the plot in my head. It was like, well, why don't you just like go through, spend 20 minutes, walk 50 feet and then come back and like yeah, report all that. Go slowly from there. I think all of us, all of us were doing that. The like, oh, well, I know how I'd handle this thing. Like, yeah. you know, I just, you know, I'd tie a rope to my way waist and walk 20 feet in and then have somebody pull me out, you know? Um, and then like <laughs> they immediately, they just go, no, that doesn't work. No, yeah. no. Whatever you thought was going to uh, work, I- it doesn't work. Whatever your plan was, not going to work. And that's just one of the, and it kicks you off in just one of the fundamental dream experiences. You are in a place. There's no setup to how you got there. Like you, you were just there. But you've yeah. been doing things. So like to yes. me, like there's a bunch of stuff that is very creepy that happens before that, right? And we could talk about that. But like the fact that there's a wall of bubbles, right? Like it just looks like children's bubbles, but like a demonic version and then and then you wake up four days later but you're in a tent that you made you've been eating the food you're not covered in your own like filth like so you've been washing like what like there's something kind of existentially terrifying about entering a dream and just right off the bat knowing things about the dream that like you couldn't possibly have without some sort of outer body omniscient knowledge and yeah, just knowing they, things about your world that you shouldn't possibly be able to know context-wise is a weird dream experience and and to Absolutely. jeremy's point too like you know i when you're reading you know the book or when you first see the movie you're like oh uh you know you have a like a an analog compass and a this and a that like it'll be fine and then they're like no not a, no yeah absolutely yeah, not there are a few things I've experienced in my life as uncomfortable as the sensation of finding out you got blackout drunk and don't remember uh, yeah. things that you did the day before. Uh, the The idea of having that like over the course of four days and not knowing like where your whole week has gone is really you immediately are? unsettling yeah. to me. Who's ever been lost before? Like just tr- genuinely, like I have no idea what's going on, where I am, what what is north of that that feeling. Like I'm a city folk. Like <laughs> I can I can eventually find east, right? Like I grew up on the east side, so I can eventually mm-hmm. find the east side of the city. But like the idea of like somehow using to me sorcery uh, techniques to find out south using a watch and the sun and the moss on a tree. Forget it. I was just like, nope, worst night. That's me. I was lost. The most lost I was was Halloween 2003. (laughs) And then everyone was upset when they found out that even while being lost, at no point did I stop trick-or-treating. And then then everyone was like, well, did you think to ask anyone to borrow a phone? I was like, that honestly didn't occur to me. I mean, I I was just kept going for candy. So you're saying you're the ventress of this uh, situation. It's like I know where I'm fucking going. Leave me alone. <laughs> to candy. That's where yeah. I'm going. <laughs> I have a single purpose. Um, yeah, I think that that element of this uh, story is definitely one of those where I would say if you've disassoci- disassociated, this yeah. is definitely something that I would watch out for. Um, 
yeah just just for just for reference to to anybody out there uh my my dad who uh was a a life scout which is the step below eagle scout was very intent on the idea like hey if you ever get lost find water and follow the water like right rivers go to civilization they go downstream either you hit the ocean or you hit you know uh somewhere where people live so like stay with the river you can't get lost uh unless there are giant fucking mutant crocodiles in the river which apparently is just the way things roll here yeah so when is sharkodile getting his own like (laughs) sci-fi original movie you think Uh, tm i guess so there's i i forget what the werner herzog documentary is actually about I think it's about cave paintings, but at the end of the documentary, it just goes off on this wild tangent about these albino alligators who live outside <laughs> a nuclear power plant and what the albino alligators would think if they could see us humans. And all I could think when this shark alligator showed up was it's like, oh no, Herzog's albino alligators have come <laughs> to judge us and found us wanting. I'm right. sure that there was something, uh, there's something to that, that like we have... Um... There was a there was a Herzog alligator uh, in inspiration. Um, I'm what sorry. Can you hear me purring? I can't hear the purring, it's but your cat kitty. is adorable. Oh, thank you. Sorry, I'm I'm actually the cat, um, and it <laughs> ate me, and then now I, it's speaking with my voice. Um, nightmare, nightmare shit. Um, <laughs> there, there is a, a a featurette about like the the design for all of the flora and fauna, and it does talk about nuclear, like Chernobyl and tumors on trees and all this kind of stuff. And I was like, what a horrible day at work that was. Yeah. Like, what a nightmare. <laughs> we like today we're gonna look at what radiation does to living things. Okay, great. I mean, I'm nice. I'm fascinated by that, but that's. No gracias for me. I don't <laughs> know fair, if fair. we have Chernobyl on our list, but what if we didn't? <laughs> what if we don't see that? Um, it's not know. great, but it's not I mean, oh no, I, I we'll think just it's hit grave of the fireflies. I'm no, sure that's that's, no, a, that's <laughs> not hard. That's not hard. Chernobyl. Can, I, no, I, oh, love, I mean, love that's love far horrifying than most of the shit we've watched. Chernobyl. Yeah, I love Chernobyl. It's just, I love it too. Ooh, very. I, ah. <laughs> no, it's all it's, it's all good. Too sad, I say, after yeah. making you watch Annihilation. <laughs> At least Annihilation has like Pokemon in it. Yeah, Chernobyl does not. Right, like, the lesson so- I just oh, I want more of that flower deer. That flower deer is so beautiful. The flower- like the, this the, is the shimmer in the air, which like yeah. when you watch it in theaters, it's much more pronounced, and you're just like, am I losing my mind? No. There are rainbows everywhere. Like, this is the gayest movie I've ever seen. Yeah, right? It, the shimmer makes everything gayer. Like, everything. I mean, that's, that's such a unique and prom- and like pronounced element of the horror is that it's the everything. shimmer, it's not turning everything into event horizon. It's not turning everything into H.R. Geiger, monstrosity. Like, it's beautiful. Yeah. Yeah. That's like, it is frightening. Yeah. Like, there's something terrifying in its beauty. The, the scene that, to me, that wasn't like a, an aggressive violent scene, that was genuinely like, a, it's still scary to me. I've seen this movie like 10 times probably. Um, is the when they find the pool, not the videotape of the pool, but when they find yeah. what's left of the body in the pool. Oh yeah. That oh, shot yeah. of what became of that man. Um, my bones hurt thinking about it. <laughs> like it's so, so fucking frightening yeah but it's so beautiful these flowers and his 
this whatever this thing was it completely dismembered him from the inside and turned him into flowers like uh i'm gonna have to lie down and no cannibal lector look at I me think who's there the moment that really gives me shivers is when Tessa Thompson picks up the knife and has that realization oh, that they are oh exactly where that video was. Yeah, so Tessa yeah. Thompson is responsible for the other uh, scene in this movie that I was yeah. just like, wait, what? Yeah. No, no, <laughs> what? <laughs> um, which She got the energy that she put out. She got it back. I'll just put that out there. Yeah. Like... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so uh, let's... Let's get into a little bit of what happens. I'm going to fly through some of the actual early stuff here just so we can get to it. Um, So we open in the present. We have Lena, who's Natalie Portman, just being debriefed by a man, Benedict Wong, in a containment suit. Uh, Man, I don't know why they got Benedict Wong for this part because he doesn't have a lot to do, but he's great. He just stands there. He looms and he's like, tell me stuff. All of like as much of his face from from the eyebrows down. He has a presence. Uh, <laughs> yeah, so uh we find out that she went missing with a group of people months ago to her. It seems like they were only gone for days. Uh we jump back in time. We see a, a meteorite strike a light lighthouse. Um we're introduced to Lena in the past. She's a college professor. Uh her husband Kane, who's played by Oscar Isaac, has been missing for uh, a year after going on a mission with his military unit. Uh when Kane suddenly just walks right back into their house. Uh, he can't remember how he got there or where he's been or what happened. Or how he got that suit. <laughs> where he got that suit. Uh, why he has such a sinister uh, brushback haircut. Um, right. I think, I think that thing that just That brushback. So NCT scary. Cane, normal cane. It can't, <laughs> it can't render it's hair. It's true. That's why. That's, that's my theory is that it can't. It, he can't render hair at that point. So he has to make it like solid. And, and then after and, a while. Why he has such like shadows over his eyes and all of this section. He's tired. He walked yeah. from Florida to wherever they're from. Johns Hopkins. Johns- yeah, he's right. He's constantly <laughs> being lit from like right above him in this. So like he just has these deep shadows over his eyes that are very unnerving. And uh, Natalie Portman is has uh, rejected her coworker question mark. Um, yeah. The the dinner invitation. Which I could have done without pretty much that entire subplot. The, yeah, that's that was kind of useless. Yeah, I but mean, um, I guess that subplot existed so Lena would feel guilt that she drove Kane to take on this mission. Yeah. I don't so, think we needed that though. No. Honestly, well, no. I do think it was I feel like it's part of the theme of like of self de- of, pro- of oh, self destruction. Right. Yeah. I don't think we needed as much of it. Like no, no, I definitely like didn't need as much of it. You could have peppered that, like, because they they revisit it, yeah, in the shimmer. That was enough. Like I, I got it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so like Dan, that we find out later that that her and Dan are ha- like had an affair or something, and he's this, like trying to. All the flashbacks that we get in the shimmer make this conversation with Dan fucking weird. Yeah. But this guy who like she's had an affair with that like she's broken up with and her husband has disappeared for the last year is like you should come to dinner with me and my wife i'm like like in the movie i was like yeah man she's really had a hard time she should do something with people and then like later on you're like what like what the fuck dan yeah (laughs) i feel like dan at no point didn't think he wasn't going to be able to work this into some way that his wife would be cool with it and that makes me feel worse about Dan. The, you know what? In this movie, there are no good men, which 
I, I very much yeah. <laughs> like no good men in this movie. Yeah. yeah it, she's, she goes home and tries to, she's like, I'm painting my bedroom or something. And then, you know, she doesn't paint very well because it's mostly just with her tears, which, you know, <laughs> I get that. Um, and that's when hey, look, Oscar we all redecorate in our own ways. <laughs> I mean, I've repainted, I've done a lot of things with my tears. Um, very prolific, but um, I've won some, a lot of super soaker fights with my tears. <laughs> <laughs> Just got. Uh, I don't know if I want to get that pumping action involved. Um, I'm so sorry. Anyway. But speaking of pumping action, here comes Oscar Isaacs and he's just like, <laughs> beep boop. Um, real weird right yeah. real stiff, real very weird. strange doesn't seem to understand what's going on he barely seems to know where he is until suddenly he's bleeding and convulsing and then they're in an ambulance and then the ambulance is stopped by police uh you know cars with flashing I, lights i did absolutely love oscar isaac's line room just like i don't feel good and then yeah. just immediately starts convulsing. Can, can we yeah. back up for one second? Yes. One thing that they did in that scene that I was like, you clever for your own good is uh, the water glass. You only see them touch in that scene through the refracted water. And I was like, stop. I'm not. Don't do that. That's too good. Movie. <laughs> and that drop you're, of blood. You're so a clever you, movie. movie. Yeah. You're I know what you're on to. <laughs> that um, has, it has these weird, that it hits that weird point of like, this is clever. Is it too fucking clever? Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I didn't well, notice it until the second. I will say, if this is all meant to be a dream, I feel like fake Kane, who shows up in the house, represents that zombie feeling after you wake up from a, like a nap. Yeah. <laughs> Where? Why? Like, like, it's it? like, Where am I? It's yeah. like I'm more tired than I was when I started. I just woke up. It's six p.m. I don't know what I'm supposed to be doing at this. And now time. you're grilling me. There's a lot of people getting grilled, like right when they wake up, or like right when they're like, okay, I remember being outside the room, and then I went inside of the room, and you were there. And she's like, that was a second ago. And he's like, yeah, that's all I got. I'm sorry. I don't feel good. Oh, and, and you were asking like, for emotional answers at a period when i am not awake enough to have the mental function to have emotions yeah or even like cognitive like memory you know that's shit takes a while um i do i mean cops being what they are okay but like i do wish that i i don't know if it was necessary for like the police to fucking t try to t-bone this fucking ambulance like they could have just been I mean, like can you pull over they're There's not the strictly speaking guys, the police. They just yeah. have the military guys. Yeah. They had guns. They brought guns to a seizure. Like I mean, <laughs> all, like, I mean they're police. The organization yeah. doing uh, the like monitoring area X, aren't they like a lot shittier in the books? They're military. They're, I mean, they're pretty they're shitty in this one. They just yes. don't have a ton of interaction. Um, because like they they pull them out of the ambulance and they drug Lena immediately. And the next thing she knows, she's waking up in a facility being like questioned by Ventress who's who's played by Jennifer Jason Lee who's a previous like, performance yeah yeah she's she's a psychologist she's working for this group it's called the Southern Reach um which I I quoted Night Vale on this one they're a vague yet menacing government organization um <laughs> yes so that one threw me out for a little bit if only because the main villains in uh my comic Griffin Galaxy's Most Wanted are the Sovereign Reach <laughs> and just hearing that like threw me out like i was like wait hold on. i had to do a double i'm like you were on the same okay no it's different yeah, enough it's different go. we're good yeah. 
<laughs> well, the southern, yeah, in in the books, the southern reach, I, pretty much everybody in the books is just like really shitty at what they're doing. But I think it's because they, they just have no idea, no idea what the fuck. Um, I mean, I just hate how much southern reach sounds like a panhandle based hate group. Yeah, I mean, and it is panhandle based. We find out because this all happens in the wilds of northern Florida, which. Uh, also is uh i'd like to point out where after midnight happens um oh hey yeah. so maybe like right and right maybe nearby that's where one this of the creature from after midnight that's where the creature from. came from yeah. that's the origin story annihilation <laughs> and after that's midnight take place cool. in the same yeah. universe well this, yeah. this bears out my feeling all the way through after midnight that a alligator was going to show up at any minute every time he was walking through the bushes because i was like man it's fucking florida don't do that don't, right don't wandering uh, in the bushes um, um yeah, Ventress, Ventress is definitely like while Lena, like Lena gets up after being like in a pretzel <laughs> and then pukes. And like while she's, you know, executing her final wretch into the toilet, um, the Ventress comes in in her suit and she's like, let's talk about a million things. And yeah. I bet you're feeling terrible. Let's talk about, tell me all these things. Who are you? Who's, who do you work for? Blah, blah, blah. And, she, and Lena's like, I, can I have some water? Like, like, oh, your husband, he's dying of organ failure. He's in a coma right now. Um, anyway, he, back yeah, to you. And, yeah. and then moves on to describing this uh, horrible you know, job that he was doing for them. And he's going into the mission, into the shimmery veil to a lighthouse, uh, where everything that they send there never comes back, except for him. He's the first thing that's ever come back. Three years. <laughs> like, yeah. And three years of doing this. It's been that. expanding and expanding, and nobody that they send past this, you know, veil ever comes back. Um, and so we, we see a little bit of the facility, and then she is, Lena is uh, moodily standing around staring at the, uh, the veil when she meets the uh, other three nice science type ladies that, uh, are going to be the other main characters in this story. Um, I think this is a good time to talk about all these different characters that are going to be like, there's there's five women that are going to be the main characters of the story from this point on. Yes. Um, so we've got uh, Lena, Natalie Portman. Uh, she is a biologist and she was formerly in the army herself. She's guilt-ridden over this uh, cheating on her husband before he decided to go on this suicide mission um how do we feel about lena generally or and you know natalie portman's portrayal of her i think she's the kind of person that i would absolutely hate but the kind of character that i love to follow <laughs> yeah well the the thing the interesting thing here is that we have these five women and so i started actually after i watched the film i started trying to figure out like they kind of represented to me the five stages of grief mm. Mm. um and they kind of, I mean, they kind of go back and forth. They're not like super strict with that, but um, but they also represent various reactions to um, trauma. Yeah, a hundred percent. They all, you find that out of like as peppered along, sometimes yes. through exposition and sometimes. I kind of feel like Lena's the hardest main character for me to describe. Like she almost feels like this POV vessel and seeing this utterly impossible dream world through she definitely feels like if you're in a first person shooter she's like your camera yeah there was a lot of this movie that felt a lot like a video game which was really interesting to me yeah like she's... the the pacing and the i mean 
um for a movie as like psychedelic as this i it, would it, definitely it, play a pokemon snap within <laughs> the shimmer <laughs> an area x <laughs> That's like, oh shit that's definitely a four-star photo of the skull bear <laughs> yeah <laughs> yikes well yeah. and then well, like they they get like maps and key items and stuff and they, they have do. all got guns like, they find the little guns. videos and then they it felt yeah. like this is like a science fiction version of silent hill like that like yeah. everything is Ooh, yeah. yeah i love Absolutely. the moment i mean i love the moment where Anya gets really excited about a machine gun and then immediately puts it back, realizing how heavy it is. I can't carry it. Very first person shooter. Yes. Although my my weight has gone up too much. I can't I can't take this one. So we have Lena, who is just Um, kind of sad and kind of angry. Yeah, yeah, she feels she feels resentful to me. Yeah. I feel like for me, the 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 stage of grief that I kind of have her as is shock. Because she's not, she doesn't really process everything yeah. at any point. She and she never says what she's thinking. Like yeah. we we get flashbacks as a way to know kind of what she's thinking about, but like she's very rarely forthcoming, and she spends a lot of time listening to the the rest of the girls, but very rarely says anything. I will <laughs> say uh, she does a lot of neck acting. You know how she's feeling because of her neck. <laughs> oh yeah, going on. <laughs> The more she's like holding on, the more like her neck stands out. And then she yeah. eventually finally breaks and you're like, look at that, look at all that neck acting. <laughs> yeah. She's just like, she's so, she's the character to me that like, she's so bottled up because she will like shatter, lets any of it out. Like she's yeah. afraid to shatter. Yeah, the, the director was talking about the, the thing that he loves about Natalie Portman's performance in this and what makes her work so well as Lena is that she can play this really like stoic look and then like at some point and there's a few points where she does this in the movie where she just goes ah <laughs> like i yeah, can't do it anymore <laughs> and then just like pulls it all back in it's like okay i just needed to scream i just needed to scream and let that out we're gonna Which keep fair. going to the lighthouse yeah 100 percent fair right? i just yeah. needed but to like- acknowledge that this is a nightmare hellscape from which we probably <laughs> won't escape but let's go. <laughs> I feel like that's her, the reason that her character makes it that far is because she is so in control. Like everyone else unravels literally and figuratively, um, but she is holding on so tight to control that she actually makes it to the checkpoint, right? Um, yeah. And I, I found that really interesting. Um, I liked her more the more I like the first time through I was very much like you're kind of a like like a you're like the blank thing at the end of the movie you're kind of <laughs> I, I yeah. put myself onto you um but I think there is a lot yeah, the, yeah the only person who I think oozes control any more than her is Ventress Dr. Ventress uh which is no first name she is unless like, her first name is Dr. Yes. Yeah. Lena has no last name. Ventress presumably <laughs> has no first name. I guess that's her last name. They don't have any names in the books. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. So this is more names than we get anywhere else. The fact that the other three women have full names was also me. And yeah. they make a point to say them, but they make a point to never say Lena's last name. Are you? Are we assuming that it's Kane? Right? Because her husband is Sergeant Kane. I like Kano? Kane as his first name, but I, can go I don't way. know. I've watched it so many times and I still don't know. Yeah, not. I mean, not a not a very fortunate name for something like this. Um, yeah, real rough. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Whoops. He's handy with a knife, though. Yeah. I so mean, the credits. Keep... The credits spell it like K 
Kane with a K. Yeah. yeah. And their little roster shift has it Kane with a C. So I don't know if the credits have it wrong or if the incorrect spelling is a sign of their mental deterioration. Right. One of the people misspelled his name on the dude. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so Ventress is like, she's definitely like cold. She's unfriendly. She has sort of this government agent persona over the top of yet more cold unfriendliness um like she's mean like yeah she, but she's mean in the way that like when little kids pull legs off of a bug to see what it'll do not to kill it will do yeah yeah she's got like that cold is, scientist. Like, interviewing people to send them into this void essentially you know she spent three years dooming people to die at this point um Which will fuck you up <laughs> yeah. yeah and then she is like um she's all business throughout this you know whole thing um, and and we'll later sort of find out that some of her determination to get to this lighthouse probably has to do with the fact that she has cancer and is actively dying. Um, and she really like, she has this determination to come face to face with this thing and at least like see what it is and, and get to it. She has this sort of like, I'm going to find and shoot God situation going on. Yes. like I respect, yeah. that. I respect that need um I, I respect that too that's a big mood <laughs> i feel like she doesn't see them as people i think after three years of just sending people to die you still as people and so she's just like they're just tools they're just tools to get her further and further um and you get the idea like she doesn't force lena to come along lena is not part of the plan you get the idea that she's psychologically manipulated this vulnerable woman mm-hmm. to to be part of this mission because she thinks it'll get them somehow. Yeah, I mean, she is. Yeah. She has said like, you basically you know too much. Like we can't let you go, so we got to figure out what to do with you, and leaves it up to Lena to volunteer to, you know, yeah. to go with them into this uh, thing. And yeah, I mean, she, it's heavily implied that she has decided to go on this thing herself because she's gonna die anyway. She's got nothing to lose, you know. And I feel like it's also implied, not, never said at all, so be clear there, right? But like implied in the way that they, they show the map of radiation coming off of the shimmer that may be related to the So Yeah, like, from being there. It feels very connected. Um, and again, like it's just little things that there's, yeah. there's no and she's She's not like the, co- the collected, like aloof. I mean, she is aloof. And she does kind of you see you you see that she is trying to keep it together and manages to keep it together better than the other characters do at least from what we see. But we do see those cracks. Oh, she's yeah. very fidgety. She's a very just kind of. Uh, um, she has a one track mind, right? She's like, we're just doing this. this is yeah, just, just yeah. But she, she's you can sort of see like the the turmoil under the the calm surface of that water more so than you see like other kind of uh, doctor scientist villains or, or clinical kind of characters which are very like you know more diabolical when in her case you feel like there's a sense of desperation yeah the, the other characters have this sort of like how or why is there a sort of central question of like why they're doing this so, like how is this happening what is happening why is it happening whereas like Dr. Ventress seems to really just want to find out what it is and either, you know, at the, at least look at it at most shoot it. (laughs) Yeah. It feels like her, her soft-spoken, she like, she doesn't quite mumble, but she's very soft-spoken and very controlled. Isn't the way that I would say it, but like, like she doesn't move her job. Emily, would you say she's she's the bargaining phase of grief? (laughs) I was going between bargaining and acceptance. 
She feels. Well, I feel like acceptance. Yeah, ha- I feel like Josie has to be acceptance. Yeah, she yeah, was either depression or acceptance for me, or both, or both. Yeah, <laughs> or, yeah. or different kinds of acceptance. Like it's the the. Um, well, she makes peace, right? Like, yeah, there's fighting in their own way, but Josie's the only one that's like, "This is beautiful. Let's." I'm gonna be a flower person. Yeah, yeah. This, is, this is rad, guys. I'm gonna chill out. I'm gonna be flowers. <laughs> Yeah, let's talk a little bit about Cass Shepard. Oh yeah, yes. who's uh, Tuva Novotny, um, who's like she's the anthropologist. She's quiet and she's thoughtful, and we find out uh, as she is spilling literally everybody's tea in. Yeah, she Tubina, just shouts yeah. like, "Hey, everybody here is fucked up. You should know that uh, she's <laughs> fucked up and she's fucked up. And my daughter died of leukemia. That's why I don't care what happens to me." Um, Man, exposition is so way brutal. easier when it's just gossip, like office gossip. Just right. put some people in a boat. What are they gonna do? We got a we got a gossip on we got a boat gossip. I feel like I she to me is the one that you just is the empty is the wrong word because you they give you two sentences about why she's sad and why she's here, right? Yeah. Like that bereavement line is very succinct. And I was like, okay, but you never really see it affect her. I think that was a choice. Like I think it's on purpose, right? Like she she talks about how she's a completely different person. Um, well, there's also is, the question of bringing an anthropologist on a mission with no people. She's not. She's not an anthropologist. She's like a geo. Where geo, would they say some something. made up geomorphologist? Yeah, okay. That's the Maybe one. That's oh, that not made sense. up. I'm sorry, geomorphologists out there. It's real. It's real. Probably. <laughs> you definitely, no, oh, you okay. definitely want someone who knows geo stuff. Okay. That. She, she's said. been studying the like radiation effects. Yeah, I have geomorphologist. What the fuck is that? So, uh, geomorphologists out there, please uh, at Megamoth on Twitter, tell me I'm wrong. Tell me about your job. I do care. I I'm not being shitty. I seriously like geomorphologist. Sounds like some cool shit. It sounds Um, like a Star Trek job. So yeah, maybe Bronwyn knows a bit of it. But you know, Bronwyn, shout out to you. Tell me about geomorphology, please. If you know anybody, please tell me about geomorphology. It sounds like turning one rock into a different rock, but that can't be right because that's alchemy. Yes, I'm pretty sure that's alchemy or like decay or whatever. Yeah, just atomic radiation. I'm sure has right. Yeah, great. (laughs) Anyway, she's spilling (laughs) as they go down the river. Um, and she has, I guess, the least progression throughout the movie because she lasts the least long. Yeah. Um, I was always really sad about that because I feel like she seems to me like the most put together. Yeah. Like she's just like, well, I don't mind dying. What is the point? So I guess I'll yeah. just see what cool stuff is here. Um, whereas like, and she doesn't really have fear or anger in the same way that the others do. Everyone says they're okay with dying until they're getting eaten by a bear. Yeah. Well, yeah. look into the face of that I bear. Mean, it so changes everything. Fear yeah. and anger, we also have Anya Thornson, who's played oh, by Gina Rodriguez, who's uh, an EMT, uh, yes. who they down. hint at is also a former addict. This is all coming from yeah, Cass. There's great. no like verification of this. But yeah. like, also you... she... She has a real like personality flip over the course of this thing in, in a way that I think is often associated with addicts. She goes from being very like jovial amiable and, and hitting on people and like having a great time to like being super paranoid and fucked up very quickly. She is our To be uh, fair. 
Yeah, I mean, if there's yeah, there's if there's ever a situation to immediately start getting fucked up about. Like, uh, I feel like she's maybe reacting the way everyone should react. Cannon, yeah. I, I got to be honest. I, I do appreciate Josie's like, what if we just stopped? What yeah, if we what just, if we just gave the horror monster what it wants? Right? I'm done. And I hate I hate how relatable that felt. But um, right? Like, yeah, all time. She's just like like this. Like, but like a baby, like, yeah, with Lena, you're like, uh, your clenching is so you don't explode. And with Josie, you're like, no, I wrap you in, in a burrito blanket. And I just, yeah, like, yeah. I do like, uh, with Anya, we do have uh, canon queer representation in yes. this movie, arguably Josie, too, but that's arguable. Yeah, that's, um, yeah. I, I feel like any, any role that's Tessa Thompson is automatically queer. I agree. I think we should stop assuming heterosexuality especially when the character is played by tessa thompson yes um also shepherd never mentions a husband she mentions her daughter but apparently she has no one else in her life to support her that's oh, i thought she did i thought she did mention at I least think she's spouse. talking she was asking about lena's uh, spouse yeah you have you know why are you here did you lose a husband a relative a kid you know Okay. Basically, like reading the grief off of, uh, off of Lena. Yeah. Everyone reads Lena so well, which is very confusing. Everyone's just yeah. a psychic doing like, some cold yeah. reading. Well, and and also like when Anya's freaking out and has everybody tied up later, and is like, "So I'm going to talk to you guys about stuff," and then she like just gleans answers from everyone going, mm, 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 mm. and she read the script, I guess. I don't yeah, know. Yeah, not far enough. I, I love that scene because it's just like, Lena, you're lying, Ventress. You knew she was lying, Josie. You're, you're cool. Right. You're cool, but we're tying you up anyway. Yeah, <laughs> just keeping you out of the way. You're not gonna be cool with me tying everybody else up, so I'm gonna tie you up too. This is a you're cool. I love you. You're awesome. This is a purely preemptive tying up. <laughs> this but could be foreplay. See. Who knows? We'll, we'll uh, see where well, it goes. Knowing, knowing on you, but yeah. to 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 jump on that a little. Uh, Josie's the only person that Anya is consistently kind to and not particularly suspicious of or violent. Like she asks her in that moment but then she believes her when she shakes her we yeah. see her like pull her out of the pool to get her like to try and keep her from being upset like we see all this stuff where like the two of them are interacting and she's like i got you it's okay don't worry yeah. i won't let anything get you um, it's been a while since we've seen a character i just wanted to give a hug and like a cup of warm cocoa to yeah, just, yeah. You, know, you know just i'm sorry you know what i what i do really appreciate about gina rodriguez in this movie like i mean her her foibles as a celebrity are well documented. I mean, she's had some issues, but sure. like, I really appreciate that she like bulked up for this part. Like, I've seen Jane the Virgin. She's not usually like as as big as she is in this, and she looks like she was like, okay, I'm gonna play, you know, a Someone strong character in an action movie. Yeah. Like, let me a non-brown face Vasquez, if you will. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I and mean, she is. We just she is did the Vasquez in this that. movie. I I also it comes through her willingness to just do whatever like yeah again in one of the featurettes they talk about how she did like when she was fucked up by the bear like she did her stunts like that she just was like yeah let's do this I'm like all right I'll give you respect points for it being down to do that kind of stuff Tessa Thompson too being thrown around by the alligator like doing her own stunts that's that sounds like a nightmare 
That sounds like something yeah. that would forever mess me up. <laughs> like, so I'd definitely rather do the bear than the alligator because alligator, you're getting oh. thrown out of the water, you're getting wet, like it was yeah, it's going up your nose. Cold? Like yeah. Oof. bear, you know, at least you're inside. And it's probably <laughs> some person in like a fang with the skull and they're just in like a green outfit. <laughs> Uh, yeah, Gina Rodriguez around. really like had her jaw ripped off for that scene. Like she yeah, really I, went she for committed. it at the stunts. Yeah, this is Mark yeah. Ruffalo with Hulk fists, you know. Like they <laughs> added it back in afterwards, but I mean, like she she was determined to get the shot. I mean, you gotta <laughs> understand, cool. she's doing really great for someone who doesn't have a jaw. Um, <laughs> I feel like we've gotten off track again. I'm sorry. Yeah, let's <laughs> it's all good. Those these are are only tracks are optional on this podcast. <laughs> Uh, so we have uh, Josie Raddick, who's played by Tessa Thompson. She's a postdoc physicist uh, with a history of self-harm and a very tasty backpack. Uh, <laughs> she's really much more interested in studying the shimmer and, and figuring out what's going on uh, than anybody else in this. But yeah, she's doing her job. Not interested in destroying yeah. it or getting out, it seems. Right. She's, she seems to throw herself into her work so that she doesn't have to be in her own body. She's very much yeah. like, yeah, man refractions how do they work i mean um God, who knows uh, cass like, cass has that line about her when after implying that she cuts herself lena asks, like she tried to kill herself and guess is like just the opposite i think i she does to feel alive which i, I guess tells, to be like you're not a psychologist yeah, you're I'm not like, a psychologist a, on this i'm street. like that's a crazy thing to just assume about someone cass like, yeah that like i want to unpack that i think too we'll much wait. tea or Too worse, if that was something she said to you, why would you say that to someone? I what? know, right? Like, Sorry. do we under do you understand what that is? Do you understand? It's, it's just like, I feel like this is like our three facts. Like, and here's <laughs> Josie. She's a postdoc physicist. She wears glasses and she cuts herself to feel alive. It's a wild <laughs> thing to get Alex in. Alex Trebek. Josie, I hear you cut yourself to feel alive. Can you tell us more about that? It's so, it's so wild to me because it's said so offhandedly. Yeah. And then, like, it's said so that you notice that she wears long sleeves all the time and that at the end, the scars aren't a mutation. Like, that's why right. they put it in there, right? Yeah, like, like, you had to say it like that. Like, there are a million ways that you could have done that. Cass woke up and chose violence. She sure did. Well, she, I feel like she doesn't have any friends. Like these are her only contacts with people. She has closed herself off. And so she's just like, I'm going to be best. She's like, she's like that drunk girl at the bar. Yeah. Yes, that like, is Ventress true. Ventress definitely has why, friends. Like, Lena like, has slept with the only person she talks to and is done with him. <laughs> like, fair. Uh, like Anya only has hookups. Like that's, that's the only people she knows is people she's hooked up with. Um, Lena is a teacher though. She has her little student, right? She yeah. has her student who's like, I read the paper about the, the stuff. I'm having a hard time. It's too hard. I'm not dumb. No, you're fine. You're fine. I don't care about yeah. you. You're fine. <laughs> like, it's a great <laughs> I mean, professor. Also, between, I just keep thinking like, wow, this and Arrival both featured like professors dealing with aliens. I mean, we need to send her best and brightest, I guess. Uh, yeah. Um, Natalie Portman has an experience dealing with weird rainbow colored aliens, having dealt with Thor and all those mm -hmm. Asgardians. You know, this is I wish yeah. one of the crew members had been a poet. And when Star they Wars. asked why, they're just like, fucking person just... in charge that saw that like movie <laughs> where Jodie Foster said they should have brought a poet. So now they just send a poet with every meme. 
Always the first one to die, but they keep sending poets. Yeah, contact. They're oh, like, yeah. okay. Incredible. It's just they pan across the team and fucking Lin Manuel Miranda standing at the end. Immediately taken out by like a bird. Just like yeah. <laughs> gone. <laughs> Fuck. They actually just forgot about that person, and that's why we don't see them. Is that like because this is Natalie Portman, you know, this is Lena's all Lena's uh um oh yeah. Count. That's right. That's right. It's it's all Look, over. Someone, someone yeah. at some point had to decide. It's like I'm gonna have myself a little arts and crafts like skeleton project <laughs> outside the lighthouse. Yeah. Well, I have some things to say about that. Uh, oh, but boy. we should we should talk we'll get about. There. Yeah, we should yeah, talk so about our. We'll get to our people lighthouse. first. Um, yeah. So yeah. Lena, uh, Lena, of course, decides to join the group. Uh, and they they go and walk through the veil and immediately things get weird like we were talking about before they wake up like four days later uh having made camp but not remembering having made camp and they've they've already eaten several days worth of rations but none of them remember any of it uh no none of the comms work the compass goes wild as soon as they pull it out Um, classic spinning compass yeah the the watches still work yeah the only way they can track the direction and recording they're either in the shimmer or on Shang Tsung's Island for Mortal Kombat. Could be either. Could be either. Those one. are the or only both. two options. Outworld. Area, yeah, area X is Outworld. Correct. I mean, this is also the location of Xanth. So it could be. Yeah. It's right off the coast of Florida. Um, coast of Florida. Sorry. It's a cut. Um, so they. So the the first real thing that they we see them do is we they find this abandoned hut that's covered in mutant flowers. Like it has a whole bunch of different flowers growing from the same vine. And the fact that some people in the group are like, why is that weird? Is is really telling to me. They're like, I think that's hilarious. Yeah. Like, this is a different kind of science. I guess. He's like, like yeah, well, clearly like, this is a tulip and this is a fucking iris and they're coming out of the same plant. That's fucking weird. They're both on a vine somehow. Like, what? Yeah. Well, you know, there's some there was a sale at Michael's. <laughs> <laughs> this is some some arts and crafts going yeah, on. Yeah, this is there's a lot of arts and crafts going on in this movie. Um this this bit is a like you know this movie doesn't doesn't fuck around with science and by the way by that i mean there is very little science involved it's you know which is kind of the point i think because they're just like i don't know flowers and then you know i mean biologist is like this is weird just like yeah. sort of fracted nebulous ever-changing dna zone like it feels very Grant Morrison in New X Men kind of oh, concept. Yeah, yeah exactly. it's it's one of the flowers is just Zorn for some reason. Sorry. <laughs> I I feel like this movie is all vibes, which <laughs> I didn't ask for it to know what it was talking about, and it and it delivered. It's yeah. just like I don't know. Isn't that weird? And everyone's like, "Yeah, that is weird." That's weird. Yeah. Like, wow. I still don't know what to make that. By the end of the movie, we see Lena with the tattoo that uh, Anya starts the movie with, and also uh, the the soldier that is pasted to the side of the pool also has that tattoo. I did not. I did not notice that. Yeah. I mean, the tattoo is an Ouroboros. Yes, it is. Tail, so yeah. Like, this, this movie. <laughs> there's again ah. vibes. Like yeah, there's some full there's vibes. ever explained, but vibes. <laughs> Oh, I, so I, much vibes. Very good dream vibes. Don't ever try. If you're not going to explain it, then don't. We're like, don't, don't, don't do the half-ass, like, whatever. 
they keep yeah. so what you're saying is shimmering and i'm just like yeah man i get it like they're in the shimmer man so what you're yeah. saying is we shouldn't wait 20 years and then reveal that the source of the shimmer is actually a giant muscular naked albino man with no <laughs> junk it could be it could be i just I, I really have to stop just bagging on prometheus it's very oh nice. i thought you were talking about um anything I, okay could so that's john malkovich who knows no that no prometheus was... is just my standard of quite giving me answers to questions i desperately did not want need or want to know the answers of like there's no explanation stuff um in any capacity just like it's falling apart i feel like here like they start to and then they're like wait vibes man yeah like that's the thing that that bugs me is when they're like trying to explain it and like it's sometimes they're trying like it sounds too scientific like it, it just makes them sound like they don't know what they're talking about but then i remember in the book everyone was like canonically bad at their jobs but um <laughs> and also like hi <laughs> yeah hi, I like that they are scientists and they acknowledge science and they start from this baseline of science which i think generally is when sci-fi works is when they're like we know some stuff about science but then they show like natalie portman looking at cells under a microscope and they split and now one of them is sparkly and she's like shit <laughs> like uh, I, right, she doesn't sure. tell anybody nope. for a long time I, I, I was like i would maybe be more yeah like are you guys gonna like the science you fuck around and you find out but you have to you know but you also, have to write no it down any sort of rebreather anything like there's no sort of like worry about and she like when she she's in the alligator's mouth after they murder the albino alligator it was just hungry yeah he came to his house and like, it's reviving and, I, I and i'm like, like hey He's a mutant, right? Don't touch it. Like, what are yeah, you well, doing? This is the this is like to to Ben's point about Prometheus. Like that was one of the big things about that. We're, we're gonna go into the Shimmer, and I'm like, I know that they've been they've they've sent a bunch of people out there, and nobody's come back. So you guys maybe like maybe like everyone else is in fucking hazmat suits. We know you have them. We know you have a lot of them. Every person in that first scene with Benedict Wong has a fucking hazmat suit on. Yeah, we're saving them just for that. Benedict yeah, Wong I guess all those people hazmat like, suits. They were like, oh, wait, maybe we should do hazmat suits just all the time. But they, yeah, it's bad. My, yeah. I really want to see Benedict Wong's reaction when they told him he was going to be in a hazmat suit the movie. Like, I mean, this is yeah. very like government agency uh, employees versus contractors <laughs> energy. It's really Contractors, they're like, Go, go on in there. It'll be fine. Just check it out. And then, like, one of them comes back and all the actual people working for the government <laughs> agency are like, stay behind the glass. <laughs> Dude, on. What, how did you come back? What's, how are you not this dead? how I feel like when we I go were not the and they take, like, <laughs> like, x-rays of my teeth. I'm like, hey, this is not my face. They're like, yeah, I'm just, I need to be in the other room. I just, I can't be around this. I'm sorry. Yeah. yeah. There is stuff. Like again, when the cells just split and she's like, shit. And then that disappears for half an hour where I feel like the movie has them react to things and then doesn't give us the exposition or the context to understand why they were reacting to it, which on the one hand is a little frustrating, but also definitely adds to the whole dream vibe. I yeah. Think the missing was less the like exposition and more the like, hey, I'm going to tell my other team. Right? Like, I'm gonna I'm gonna tell other people about this fucked up thing that I saw. <laughs> like this is not right. You don't have to like even cut to them already upset. Like yeah, just, like, yeah. Like I would have been way more off on on your side if she'd been like, I had to tie her up. She's got glowy blood. <laughs> right? Can you imagine she was like, I looked in that 
fucking microscope and that is fucked up this Fuck this movie you. is like depends on the like progressively worse things happening that it's like uh, forget about the fucking alligator like this shit's fucked up like forget about the alligator i'm much more interested in the plant man on the wall like the alligator's oh, fucked God. up this is much worse well um, the alligator so so we're we're in the in the swamp the alligator shows up and tries yeah. to eat Josie delicious ass backpack and is like get out of my swamp yeah, and then Josie goes and looks in this this half sunk shed in florida which is like the most floridian fucking thing and they're like nope nothing in here and they turn around to leave and like Josie gets pulled back in which not having seen this movie I was like is this ghosts are there ghosts <laughs> <laughs> and I like, oh, no, had alligators a... it's it's just florida it's I just definitely a had them like I definitely have my notes. I'm like, oh shit, is Tessa Thompson like dead before the first half hour? I appreciate that that the black woman makes it almost to the end. Yeah. You know what? Arguably she's still persistent. Yeah. I mean she's just the, different now. The white woman dies first in this movie. So like I felt bad. I felt bad. That poor woman. <laughs> I mean, she was the least interesting character. Yeah. But also <laughs> to me, she was like, I I I like I was just like, girl, you just need a hug. Like, no one has hugged you. Like, hugs in this movie are bad, though. There's only bad hugs in this film. Oh, <laughs> movie of bad hugs. Um, it's funny. I was telling Brett that I was going to watch this, and he's like, oh, yeah, bad hugs. And I'm like, what are, the, what are you talking about? And then he's like, bad hug? Bad hug. Apparently, all your members of the movie are the bad hugs. Yeah, and I'm create, like, I'm going to create the big book mind of bad edited hugs. Out the fuck stuff. Yeah. <laughs> like, I'm going to make the annihilation the bad the bad hug cut. <laughs> yeah, oh, this is a super cut of all the bad hugs. They're just a couple of them, but they're both very bad. Um, so yeah, the giant so the, alligator. The alligator comes busting through the boardwalk and like after them. Uh, most everybody panics, uh, but Lena's like, I am. Lena does G-A-J. the like only military thing that anybody does in this movie, which is like plant put that fucking assault rifle in her shoulder and shoot the hell out of the thing. Yeah. Anya, Unerring aim just right in the mouth. Anya yeah. is aiming at this like sharky gator point blank Mrs. and hitting nothing but air. Yeah. Absolutely. She's not her, her hands keep moving around. Yeah, yeah man. Yeah. Just all. Ooh. Oh, we'll get there. Yeah. So um, Lena shoots the shit out of the alligator and then so then like the alligator's dead and it's just a big not like weird colored sometimes red alligator and then they open up its mouth and and oh, lena looks into the mouth and she's like it's just like the flowers and that's where i'm like but is it though <laughs> no there are no flowers too in there many teeth uh-huh. it just has too many there teeth. were too many teeth they weren't rose but there was no flowers in that that game. would have been great if they did open up the alligator's mouth and boom i just got a whole ass bouquet in here yeah like if <laughs> like or a if, hand comes out with a bouquet a uh, fuck it yeah <laughs> just flat, just flat like wow just flat, row after row of flower teeth or just like roots or something like i i feel that like that would be yeah so as as an art person um, there were a lot of choices I would have made differently in this film, um, you know, especially after reading the book and I had like a certain, you know, visual to it. The, the, the subtlety is cool and they talk about the subtlety a little bit, but like they have like the shimmer, which is kind of coming through the sun. So it kind of has that really cool sense, that kind of ethereal sense of when the sun is sort of filtered through like a high cirrus cloud and it's almost like 
the entire day is being lit by like fluorescent lighting and it's a very weird kind of light yeah um and uh you know especially in, on humid summer days it's very evocative of that and i felt like that was really cool and then having that little extra shimmer there which it was, was the only great. kind of days there are in florida right <laughs> um and it was kind of inconsistent the shimmer was but you know like and we had a lot of lens flares jj abrams nowhere to be seen maybe <laughs> who knows all then, the liquid looked like it, there was a film of oil over it too like every yeah bit of liquid yes I did so not there was, feel like there was, some... was swimming at any point in this movie yeah um which i i appreciated that especially considering the the um inspiration from the uh deep water horizon you know having that oil slick all over everything yeah um in this case you, you know the alligator was cool but you know there was a very different sort of concept of the alligator and the flowers and then the 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 placement of a lot of these like mutations that you saw looks just kind of like craft projects to and everything was at like head level all of it that yeah you can only reach so high yeah like <laughs> i mean i don't know if they just no ladders yeah like they could didn't have ladders they couldn't like mess with stuff too much because of the location i they mean films i mean right they filmed in in the queen's garden like like her backyard basically okay yeah so like so i have no idea if they were just like stop stop yeah because it. it looked like crepe paper all over everything or like everything had frosting on it and while it was it was weird and pretty um i felt like there was something you know and i didn't want it to be like fucking avatar uh james cameron whatever oh god whatever the f- i can't remember what that fucking place is called the planet pandora. with the dragons and pandora right? yeah is that right yes yes, yes you're correct i thought I it was did- the fire nation so i, I was wrong because james cameron and hitting things on the nose go hand in hand the um, is on pandora um i mean and then but in aliens it was hadley's hope yep get it okay only so um i don't yeah so damn I you new york say baseball riser <laughs> <laughs> um Anyway, so I, that was just one of my quibbles about the the visual design because there's just random things that show up later. Like, there's you know the the crystal trees on the beach, which is dope as hell. Yeah, except, awesome. um, you know, I was like, this is secret of mana. Like, I mean, I'll take yeah, it. I think like we're it, yeah. the the idea is to make things weirder and weirder the further down river they get. It has this sort of heart right, of darkness thing. Going I on. yeah would love to see the shimmer used as a setting for like a first person shooter. Yeah, they focus on one of the teams, like just all the weird mutant animals are just great enemies. The locations, the settings get closer. Guns start getting weirder. You play around. They with start the story, shooting flowers. Like... Yeah, they start shooting, <laughs> shooting flowers flower. and bees and, and... bees. Gun trees. <laughs> Not the weirdest thing. Other guns. I, I play Metal Gun Gear trees. Solid. Bees. That's normal. Uh, <laughs> like just come on, like. I shit, I said this is a joke, but fuck, I would love to see Annihilation, the first person shooter. Oh can no, I get, mean like we... it would be great. Yeah, that would, would be, be really, really cool. Though. I don't know if I can handle like the alligator attack to me was like it's the only part where I was like, this is a true jump scare. Like, so I could deal yeah. with that. But like then it just gets more existential. And I was I don't think I could handle that in a first person oh, shooter. No. Like there's no way, like. You go from the from the alligator, which you're like, yeah, you can shoot that, right? Like that's shootable. To like the military base down the river, and you're like, oh, you can't shoot that. It's his own guts. 
and they're moving for no reason. <laughs> I hate this so much. Yeah, I, mean, yeah. I feel like in the video That's game, the it's like thing. the gut snakes become a villain Resident <laughs> Evil style. Yeah. yeah. They start carrying the corpse of the guy around. Uh, uh, yeah. So, so here's. This, I mean, that's what the next. Doc, oh my God! It's go Doc. The river. It's Doc Gock, but instead of metal arms on the back, it's just his own intestines. From oh. his that's what I thought it was at first. Um, that, and I'm, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I apologize for trigger warning for just gross visuals from this podcast. I mean, what you're describing is just an anime villain. Like, yeah, and Sam and Raimi definitely Dark Souls didn't bring us that. So Sam, I understand that you made a Spider-Man movie, but come on. <laughs> You and I mean, David Cronenberg hang out. Who's doing the next Doctor Strange movie? We got time. Oh, if shit. Mu- if Multiverse of Madness doesn't, I guess, feature active, sentient disemboweling. Sounds great. What's the point of the whole MCU? R.I.P. Oh, so, real quick, though, I just think it's hilarious. They're like, this crazy-ass gator that's like the size of a boat a that, like, with a shark teeth comes at us. bigger shimmer. Just like flowers. <laughs> It's very that's good that's very good i'm sorry uh no it is shut don't don't ever apologize um and they're like okay so how so this big gator just came out and almost killed the shit out of us how are we gonna get further along oh water yeah let's go into the water let's go into the water where i mean in fairness anya is already scoping out boats at the point that they meet the alligator yeah he just don't at any point go uh... Maybe not. Can <laughs> like, we go around the boats. Let's go. Yeah, I mean, which, you know, to be fair, alligators uh, are happy to come right out of the water and come get you. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, it, since it, considering it's the size of a truck, I'm not sure that it would make much difference whether they were on land or water. Um, uh, it's pretty great if you ever see a video of an alligator or a crocodile when they got just their head above the water and they're, and they're, their teeth, and they're just... You think like they're still they're like a shark still like moving that way. Yeah. Uh, and no, they're just like kind of lazily hanging around, dopely perpendicular to the water. <laughs> yeah, and yet they great. will destroy you in yeah, man. Moments notice. I've seen that not on video. So yeah, no, no, gracias. <laughs> East East I, North Carolina, lots of alligators. Not a thing I want to deal with. Yeah. I don't, it, it, I don't live in Florida almost specifically because they have things like alligator traffic jams, which is like an alligator in the middle of, you know, a, a cold day will decide it wants to go lay across the road where it's nice and warm um, and nobody's going to move it. And they are faster than you think they are. Oh, they're very fast. Yeah. For no alligator reason. traffic jam feels like the name of a 90s swing revival band. That's true. <laughs> That's a missed opportunity. That is. Go back in time, TM. Which is another name of a 90s swing revive. <laughs> I'm kidding. Uh, or maybe uh, so, so this opportunity for... definitely sounds like a two princesses song. There you go. <laughs> so they reach Fort Amaya, which is the original Southern Reach uh, base before it was involved by the Shimmer. Right. Uh, they find evidence that the last team stayed there, including they've got like patrol schedules and a, a nice little like memory card. Um, Key and... item. Yeah. <laughs> And the camera, right? They left the camera too. No, they. No, don't. She had. Oh, Josie she had, had the camera? camera. Oh, so they yeah. just left the the little the little chippy chip. Josie's yeah. got a camera to stick it in, and they'll the they'll find the only the... camera they the other group had later. Did um, anyone think the sorry. message they left just like to play it was ominous for those who follow? Yeah, I would on, decidedly guys. not want to see that video. <laughs> Apparently, that team had a poet. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, I mean, I can only assume that. 
the movie based on that team is just Army of Dark, or is just not Army of Darkness. <laughs> Art of Darkness, or well, both of them at the same time. Event Horizon. Yeah, right? it's, event. you know, it's, event. It's event Horizon, or <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. It, it's well, currently just, you don't need ice. To it's see. their version of the movie Heart is of Darkness, aliens. Is if the Marines exactly. didn't bring Ripley, right? Correct. Yeah, just absolute decimation. And instead of the aliens like eating people, they're just like, we're just gonna fuck with your head. It's and you're gonna eat you. They should have brought a Ripley. Yeah, that that was a mistake. Ripley. Is that not Lena? It's like Ripley if she didn't care if they died. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's like Ripley yeah. who's been who's who hasn't like been able to deal with her trauma quite as long. It's Ripley from uh, what's the fourth one? Resurrection. A resurrection. <laughs> yeah, that yeah. One. it's that Ripley. Yeah, that Ripley doesn't care as much. Their Vasquez is not as stable. I mean. <laughs> So, real quick, there's Ventress a, is no Sarge. There's no, no. Sergeant Ventress. <laughs> Sergeant Ventress yeah, with, no the, with the uh, the cigar. I mean, Ventress is definitely Paul Reiser in this frame. <laughs> oh yeah, a hundred percent. Um, there's a bit where they like they t- they come to the fort, and then there's like all the craft project flowers and and moss and shit, like real real nice um terrarium situation going on on the side of that wall. And then yeah. Natalie Portman just looks at it and she's like, your mutations, they're malignant. And I'm like, pastels? <laughs> is, how do you she's, know they're malignant? These are projects. Well, she's, her thing is cancer, right? Like yeah. her whole thing yeah. is, is life cycles of a cell and cancer. Well, is, she calling, is that when she's looking at the thing that's clearly ripped the guy apart from the inside? Oh, uh, no. Well, no, this, this, this is before first, that. First okay, because I was going to say, once that happens, it's like, yeah pretty That's sure malignant. it was malignant but like just looking at a bunch of cool <laughs> moss on the side of the wall and she was like look at this crazy moss it's all pastel colors and some of it's flowering apparently only only trees and some flowers that are on fences get this weird mutation you know or i should say not just trees the surface of trees ground cover doesn't really get affected none yeah like, there was well the ground cover gets the gets the flower people <laughs> Later, well, the, yeah, or the the flower people get the grab. Who knows? Up is down. Um, uh, so they find so they find a video, right? Yes, yeah, they watch this, this video. Yeah. Oh, and importantly, Natalie Portman has not told anyone that she is related to the one survivor. We're yeah, not yeah. inventors who already to. knows. Yeah. yeah, but she hasn't told any of the other people. Um, yeah. Yeah. So they she watch, watches her. Husband. They watch Kane cut a man's stomach open to reveal excitedly. Her. Uh, he's uh, like it's okay it's okay the guy the guy that they're doing it to at first is like yeah man yeah yeah, yeah it's okay it's okay yeah, yeah, yeah. let's do it and it's like, like <laughs> i am immediately regretting that d- decision yeah what was in them shrooms like this was not good this is a bad yeah. trip and i mean they they reveal that his intestines don't fall out they continue to squirm around once like they're we're looking at them they're moving and snake-like inside of his, God, his belly when oscar isaac reaches in oh yeah like slither over his hands oh oh yeah my mom was very upset i bet <laughs> yeah um <laughs> so they they see this and then they they proceed down and find this room where all this happened and uh the guy is still tied to the chair but he has turned into a large uh, assortment of a mural. Of, like, yeah, I mean, he looks like a Rose Day parade float at this point. Like he is just, yeah. you know, there's, very dark. There's skull up here at the top, and then there's like his left arm over here. But then there's a whole like mural Flower. of flowers all across the wall in between that and the rest of his body. 
Um, it's like a crepe explosion. It was a uh, real fucked up. That it image, was uh, will never leave my mind. I that will be what I see when I die. <laughs> like, it's very cool be- though. I mean, like it's it's one of yes. the the most more beautiful effects in the film that feels less like you know we put crepe paper on these trees. Um, I was definitely waiting for for this man to be alive and I did that. not want him to. Yeah, I did not want that. I feel like then it's something you can shoot. Like I feel like you you dealt with the alligator and you're like that's weird, but I shot it. And now it's like, oh, that was weird. Oh, I don't know what the fuck happened. It's alive. This movie and Halo, which is like, in in Halo, there's this is the flood. Like he's just, you know, he's (laughs) the horrible, metamorphed character that you know just is now trying to kill you. Jeremy, he's alive. They're all alive. They are mycelium. God, I honestly feel like we could do an episode just about that the flood level of halo when they introduced them because that's one of the most effective horror experiences i've ever Sorry. had yeah it has it has it's such good horror in halo that that series of like weird things that happen followed immediately by you going shoot it shoot it shoot it kill it kill it kill it are we talking about the are we talking about the video games halo yes. yeah yes I, like halo reach yes like so that one doesn't reach. have the flood but I'm picking up. Does have a lot of other good stuff. Anyway, sorry. If... Uh, Never apologize. Your own rule. Th- thank you. Thank you. Yeah. So after, after discovering all of this stuff going on inside this thing, they decide to sleep in the watchtower. The best decision anybody makes in this movie. They're like, right. "Oh, let's not sleep in here with this fucked up shit where somebody else went crazy. Let's go sleep Ventress in the watchtower where we can see shit coming." Ventress is like, "Whatever. Like, it's fine." Josie's having an emotional crisis which is the correct response to yes yeah. absolutely josie's josie's reaction is right on the money like, you know, that oh, is a healthy normal reaction to what is going on around her but I'm yeah just like it's fine it's fine it's laid out like we're just baby it's cold outside she's like no no, no it's fine. <laughs> <laughs> meanwhile natalie portman's looking at the uh, cells becoming gayer yes and gayer realizing, realizing that this is this area x is the future that liberals want being like oh no my blood is getting so much more fabulous that's not her blood <laughs> yet. To her they're, arm they're too. Her. Yeah, they keep flashing to these bruises that are starting oh, yeah, to take yeah. shape. Right, they become a tattoo. You're becoming, tattoo. you're becoming a queer tattoo girl, Natalie Portman. Embrace <laughs> it. I'm sure a blessing. Yes. Imagine her with tattoos on those guns she's got now. Incredible. Right. Oh. oh. As if I, as if I couldn't be more excited for Eleven Thunder. <laughs> great. great. What if it's a prequel? To- what if this is how like the rainbow road like she goes through the shimmer and it refracts her dna into being (laughs) thor oh i mean she she has cancer in the comics right like jane yeah she becomes yeah this is just this is what just what she's doing during like uh, all all the, all the Thor movie, all the movies where she disappears, all the events. Man, movies, you know? What if that's the big MC, What if that's the big MCU phase one callback is for the cancer? Like we bring back the skinny Chris Evans technology from the first Captain America. Like to un to unbuffify un-buff. Natalie Portman. May she may she forever stay buff. Um, anyway, sorry, we will do that forever. So they sleep in this watchtower. Excellent decision. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Which. Uh, Followed by ignores. decision later. Supposed yeah. to be on patrol. And, uh, and she is yeah, just sort on, of like, like hanging out on ground level where she can't see anything because everything is dark. 
Um, she had the light shining on her face. Yeah. Yeah. Sleeping the in the guard tower. Situation. A, a decision whose goodness is matched only by the badness of immediately <laughs> leaving the guard tower as soon as at the first sign of trouble. Right. Oh, man. Yeah, uh, Lena goes down to talk to her because I guess she wants to talk about how everybody is uh, already dying. Um, <laughs> their, their cells are doing weird shit. Um, and I guess fucking Cass just uh, wants to chat because she comes, she like follows them down, follows Lena down uh, and is immediately pulled off into the darkness by screaming. some sort of horrible bear creature. Yeah, yeah that like it breaks through the fence and she's like, what the fuck was that? I heard a noise. Ah! <laughs> and then yeah. she's like gone. Yeah, it looks oh, like somebody God. unzipped the, the military grade fence. Oof. Yeah, we should definitely be ground level right now, guys. And I gotta say, entering the reality altering bubble definitely worked out way better for Monica Rambo than it did for any of these girls. <laughs> <laughs> Chris, yeah. Uh, that that, bear. We don't see the bear yeah, like I get, so we only see Very, like little flashes. Yeah, we when we do get to see it, it is. Oh. Yeah, it's somehow less horrifying in the dark. Um, yeah. in this scene, this um, is... you know, everybody else runs down, but Cass is already gone, and they don't know where, and nobody's gonna follow whatever this thing was off into the woods in the dark. Yeah, um, this is one instance where when they actually show it to you, it's so much scarier than whatever you were imagining in your head. Very well. Yeah. <laughs> That's fantastic. Now, one thing I wanted to mention before the bear attack, um, Ventress and uh, Lena have a discussion about um, well, the first <laughs> Ventress is like, well, after seeing that video, I see why you don't want to tell everybody you were married to that guy. You're watching him cut open his buddy. And Lena's like, shut up. <laughs> um, and then they talk about a suicide mission that, that they're all presumably on. Um and then uh, Ventress says, um, I think you're confusing suicide with self-destruction. Few of us commit suicide. We all self-destruct. Um, so basically it's equating self-destructive behavior with the quote unquote genetic defects that um, you know, mentions are... earlier with cells having a, yeah, like having decay programmed into them genetically. Yeah, so, so it's a mutation that's a mistake, right? Hear that, yeah. listeners? The reason you keep sabotaging your relationships is because of your bad telomeres. Yeah, so it's Takes not them DNA's up. Yeah, your your DNA is uh, is causing you to drink. Um, now that's oh. that's reductive. <laughs> I, I'm not going to get into whatever role genetics play in predispositions towards uh, substance abuse. Yeah, that's nope, that, that, nope. But this whole conversation um, is actually followed by one of the few, uh, one of the few appearances of our old friend gaslighting in this movie. Yes, which is like Anya's like, I'm getting the fuck out of here. I am not going any further uh, than this. And Josie is kind of going along with her on that. And Lena's like, Look, it's five days back through this crazy wilderness. If we go back. But it's only two days if we walk to the weirdest fucking place in the world uh, and just take a boat. Um, yeah, we can just follow the coast. Yeah, nothing weird could possibly come out of the ocean. That's yeah, fine. I, we could follow the I was, coast. I was a little disappointed that we don't get the shark version of that alligator in this movie where like they're walking along the, 
they're walking along the beach and they fucking I was expecting legs just jumps up and I was definitely expecting like the whale with squid tentacles. Oh yeah, or like the the man shark like fucking Junji Ito. Um, oh god. The, the half the, Oscar the, Isaac, half great white. That would actually be incredible. There was uh, actually something like that in the co- in the comic in the in the in the book. There Yeah, it's like a what is it called? A starfish, right? Like a giant scary ass fucking starfish. Well, there was a starfish and then in the first book there was a like a dolphin man. Oh, the dolphin man. Yes. That she's like, is that is that my husband? And you're like, stop right there. Stop that. Yeah. And then she does. (laughs) You're like, well, wait, wait, go back. And she's like, no, elaborate on that. No, I feel like I, I a starfish not. big enough or fast enough to like eat a human would just be so terrifying. Like, I mean, like starfish are only it, it's starfish are only fuck. not scary as fuck because they are so small. Like they are the brainless, infinite, regenerating eating machines. It's yeah. it's that's basically yeah. Like it's called like a, the world eater or something. Like it's a real starfish. And then she's like, "What if this was just big?" And you're like, "No." No. don't think of that don't. i mean that is the concept of akira is that you know that's why tetsuo flips out is because he gets all of the energy yes and then it just makes him mutate so um anyway if you want this movie but with motorcycles akira yes and hooligans I mean, I giant starfish is, is scary I, I think you know if it had been i think giant jellyfish is the only thing that's a nightmare that's yeah really- Awful. Like there's a reason they don't air that episode of Pokemon anymore, because everyone saw the giant tentacle attack and was like, "Nope, that shit's way too scary." Get they that don't? goddamn giant tentacle. Their eyes reflect. I, I think for a while, oh, I, I don't. I think the, no, I think that one was more um, just because it was more a lot of buildings getting destroyed around after 9/11. So oh, I think they just took huh. it out, out of rotation for a little while. Right. I yeah. remember. I was a flashing us. If, if you do want to see uh, that movie, the the movie Monsters. Uh, it's about oh yeah, the walking Mexican. through the wilderness and then finding these giant monsters who are just basically uh, giant evil jellyfish. Um, That's right. I forgot like, about that. Yeah, jellyfish freak me out because jellyfish have no morality. They have no brain. They're just a <laughs> system that's like, <laughs> oh, something touched system. me. I'm going to poison it and eat it. Like, I'm going to poison it, shock it until it, it can't move, and then eat it. I don't well, know what it is, and I don't care. Butterflies don't have any like morality, but they don't, they can't eat you. Yeah. I mean, I mean, they'll try. The they'll eat, the... Yeah. Mothra turns evil is a plot I'm here for. No. Mothra is That's done. Mothra. Mothra is done dying at the end of every movie. That's Eternal That's Mothra fair. or Batra. Eternal Mothra is not evil. Mothra is chaotic good at best, but there are evil Mothras out there. Mothra. Yeah, that's good to know. That's also a nightmare. That I feel like in, in the, the bug world is just I'll, I'll an alien bu- nightmare horror world that we only do not experience through the grace of being big evolution. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> of being of being the weird primates that broke the all that just broke the food chain. And, they, and that's coming back to annihilation. They, bugs don't really come into it. We see some fish and we see the gator and we see some we flowers and, and fungus and stuff. We don't see a lot of bugs, probably for the best. We can, and, and we are in Florida. So I'm like, what the fuck? The mosquitoes. Yeah, I, I was not I looking need, forward to mosquitoes making an appearance in this. Yeah, I, I don't need like velociraptors, the sized mosquitoes or, I, or oh, dragon, the opposite. <laughs> fucking yeah. dragonflies with scorpion tails. 
let's not mm-hmm. i'm itchy right now yeah so, uh, <laughs> just okay. regular size mosquitoes i'm not the, into the, the only real oh. thing setting lena and ventress apart at this point is that lena wants everybody to come with him and ventress really could give a shit if they live or die like right. <laughs> ventress is on is on a mission um and they they continue on that mission everybody uh varying degrees of excitement follow with her um like they, at they least find ventress the, is honest about not caring if anyone yeah. follows her like lena is definitely trying to keep everyone together but in a way that's just going full on you know gaslight gatekeep girl boss yeah and uh <laughs> they 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 find the tracks of the the bear uh that you know pulled her pulled cast off into the woods lena wants to go see if she can find cast make sure cast is not still alive um and Which, Lena uh, goes by herself. We're and everyone's doing like, better than the descent. Um, <laughs> yeah, so Lena is determined to go by herself. Uh, and Anya is really suspicious of this. Um, she finds Cass's mauled body uh, just left behind dead. Uh, apparently, this alligator, or this bear is not into eating what it kills. It just just like, the throat. <laughs> yeah, just rip yeah. the throat out and continue on. Um, See some good Pokemon out there, though. She's the Sawsbuck. Springtime for the Sawsbuck. Yes, yeah. she, that's right. They're, they're weird mirror versions of them as well. Yeah. Um, I guess technically you can, make an, you can make an argument for for alligator. Yeah. yeah that, uh, that was a feral alligator. So, yeah. yes. Yeah. And they, they find an abandoned cottage to which my response was keep going, uh, to which their response was let's stay here because uh, it has flowering bushes shaped like humans all around it. Um, it's yeah, so also they, a mirror of the of Lena's house in the beginning yeah. of the movie. It's Look, exact- yeah, if you I show up like, at an abandoned cottage full of people shaped flowers, that is either a place where people are magically getting turned into flowers, or a place where someone lives who is making people shaped flower bushes. Either way, get the fuck out of that cottage. Hannibal yeah. or some. Well, the, um, the- that is a magical vegan cannibal. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and Josie's, now there's a comic Josie's <laughs> like let's study these things and figure it out I bet I bet if we did some looking that we would discover that they have human DNA uh, <laughs> and she's like actually here's what I think is happening in this the shimmer is refracting all the things that come in like we're still getting light so it's not blocking it we're still getting communications it's just really disrupted and of course that means it's doing the same thing with our DNA everything is refracting and changing uh, to which I was, I was a little, I like, I, I kind of like the idea, but the idea of refracting something that is uh, already inside the prism is a little strange. It's, it's not like the DNA is moving through the prism in some way. Uh, yeah. Although I guess they, I don't know. I guess Arguably, it is right. Yeah. Like, I mean, I sure. We're thinking of like the barrier as a barrier instead of a solid object that they somehow can move through, right? Like. It is in the air and in the water, and no one is wearing any sort of fucking protective gear at all. Not even a little bit. In Prometheus like problem. It's, it's I just like, I need to know if this protective gear would help. Like, I just want somebody it to have worn protective in gear. The novel question mark. It kind yeah. of does. Um, yeah. Because it's like it's related to like spores. Yeah, there's way. actual spores that like do. Yeah, like you. It's not just everywhere. And, you know, you think, like, in the number of years that they've observed this thing, they'd figured out, like, is there shit in the air, you know? So, and especially if, like, you could put it, you know, you go in there, you could stick an arm in, you know, I don't know if your arm will age, like, three days or whatever. 
arguably maybe you can't maybe you can't <laughs> maybe, yeah maybe, maybe you're like cannot it's, it's need the equivalent of a really long butterfly net you know just like when they're yeah. out you pull it back and there's nothing like you dipped it in acid like yeah we should definitely go in there let's see <laughs> cool, cool, cool. <laughs> no one's come back well that's weird maybe we should send more shit in there um it's just a gelatinous cube and oh yeah and apparently all this stuff that Josie's talking about gets Lena thinking that she should just test her own DNA and find out if she's turning into a, uh, you know, a, a rainbow woman. And yeah, she yeah. is, in fact. Um, she discovers that she is, uh, doesn't tell anybody else, and just go, decides to go ahead and go to sleep with that knowledge herself, uh, only to find herself uh, woken up as she is tied to a chair um, by Anya, who uh, has discovered that she is carrying around, has been carrying around this entire time, a locket with the picture of that crazy dude who cut a guy open in the video. Um, yeah, whoopsie doops. Now this this house being Lena's house also, like to me was weird. And I'm like, I don't know if this is, I didn't feel like it could have, let me start over. It felt like it could have been a, a deliberate decision, but oh, it definitely. also felt like maybe they just had one interior set for a house. Yeah. That was definitely a deliberate decision. The way that they like frame when they enter the house versus when Kane enters the house in the beginning is like yeah. the exact same framing and like I do think the it's pictures like, on the wall and stuff like that. Yeah, it's I definitely just, deliberate, it, and it's it's playing with this whole mirror thing. I do think it's weird that right. she does not walk in and go, "This looks a lot like this my, my house." My house. Like my house. <laughs> Why am I? In I guess they have. She has other shit to worry about, like a like she just saw a woman's throat ripped out, and also uh, apparently there are plant people. Yeah, there's plant out people in front of the house. This is yeah, actually this I, is. I do know if, of... if this was me though, I my first reaction walking in would be, "Fuck, guys, guys, this is my house." There is a lack of communication across the board. This movie right. is like these people hate to talk to each other. Wrong people to go on an expedition together. They yeah, do. science. Yeah, you're supposed to make notes and compare them. That's why the, the only one doing their job is Josie. Yeah, like hold on, I'm just gonna. What He's like, I I have observed these things. I am going to tell you, and now I have a theory, and maybe we can like test, test it. Yeah, Cass is confused. She's doing the same thing, but with her teammates. Like she's just like, I have observed these things about my teammates. Let me tell you all about them now. <laughs> Here's all the. Yeah, Anya is slowly, uh, quickly unraveling since the since Cass's disappearance has been just like angrier and moodier and more unstable. We get to see her before before it all goes down, before Lena tests her blood or whatever. She's like looking at her hands and we see them moving. Like, yeah, we oh. see like yeah. the features on her hands her moving just like the changing. Ugh, do not do not like that. Do not Yeah. And it's uh we also this before the, the big scene here, we get the flashback where we find out that she was cheating on Kane. Um right. and that she thinks Kane knew that she was cheating on him and that's why he was so so excited to just go on this suicide mission um which like again is, is a whole subplot that i just could have done without yeah i don't know is, is um, that in the books at all Kane, or is it Kane's motivation no, for joining no. the shiver squad there's there's no cheating like the the scientist it's interesting because the scientist or i should say the biologist natalie portman character in this case um in the books has very there's very little to do with her husband it's very much like an afterthought yeah. like i know about this i'm involved in this thing because of my husband and then it talks a lot about how her personal interpretations of the biological studies that she's done and um there's her, her there's, husband is almost like she liked him because he was different 
their relationship got really distant and she doesn't really feel guilty that he decided to go, but like their deteriorated relationship unmoored both of them so that they both could go. Yeah. It sounds like it wasn't that he like disappeared for a year and then showed up and had weird organ failure disease, but that like he did this thing and then he came back and he had cancer and you know, slowly died. Yeah. Yeah. So he's barely in it. In fact, there's not really any male characters except for like the second and third books. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. The first one is like devoid of, except for the husband in tangential and her parent like she talks about her father <laughs> yeah there, and there's some other people in the background but it's like it's yeah, just her um oh yeah. and then there's the lighthouse keeper which yes. doesn't doesn't show up but in we this. don't really know that he's yeah i mean the, the closest thing to a person in lighthouse in this film is very far from person uh <laughs> yeah. yeah yeah but so yeah. um yeah, this this whole this whole plot felt very much like the subplot very that's about people cheating on people in the descent like we didn't need it i yeah it's weird i feel that- like they needed to justify why she would go into the shimmer and i'm like i don't know maybe she's fucked up like the other people are fucked up why why oh, do she, we need that like she didn't even need up. yeah like we didn't even need the um the the cheating part we just like her husband was gone and then he came back and then he's falling apart like that shit's fucking weird yeah, I mean, it's, yeah. It, like, you know, I feel like if if you want to play the, the guilt angle, it doesn't have to be, like, cheating. That's, I don't know. Be, it is low-hanging. Being the, like, straight white guy in this conversation that feels like a very straight white guy thing to do, they're like, oh, well, what could she do that's unforgivable? She could <laughs> cheat on him with another guy. And what then, would force a man to throw his life away, his yeah. wife cheat? I definitely, in my head, played the sad trombone noise and was like, wah, wah, straight people monogamy drama. It was just, it it felt like, and we'll get into this in a little bit, I guess, but it felt like one of the only things were weirdly regressive. (laughs) Yeah. Like, this is, like, purposefully regressive? Like, you know what? She has this, she has this moment uh, in one of the flashbacks where she's just like, what, you think I do nothing but just sit alone pining for you while you're gone? And at the same time, she seems to think it's like, what, I did in an affair, and therefore you mu- that must be the only reason you could possibly have for a side mission. Right. Yeah. yeah. It, was not, it was not necessary. Like, both <sighs> of you seem to really overstate how important the other is to you, actually. I mean, not a lot of good communicators in this film. Zero, zero good communicators in this film. <laughs> Yeah, even like even the film, I mean, that's the point. Yeah, We're getting abstract, yeah. but well, speaking of bad communicators, uh, Lena wakes up uh, to Anya shoving a gun in her face. Anya has tied everybody to chairs um, and is uh, conducting a whole. Uh, she she thinks she's going to to unravel this whole thing right now. Uh, she's doing a whole parlor scene, asking people questions about uh, what has happened and. Well, who they really are and why they're here uh the like the answers i feel like would be disappointing to her um, yeah but... well it's a good thing that everybody's gagged because she's like what are we doing blah 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 is this a, is this the case is this the case and people are like Rrr! and she's like shut the fuck up and i'm like okay. I, I feel like this is a good scene for gina rodriguez like it's it's not yeah. like a uh it's questionable for the character but like the way that she is is breaking down and falling apart physically in the scene as we're watching it is is really good 
and yes. the like oh yeah, absolutely here's like cass's voice calling from outside and decides that she's going to go help cass mm-hmm. um and is, is cass screaming for help right yes. yeah you know it's so it's not anya being like i'm the evil villain now it's very much this breakdown this person like this mind deteriorating overwhelm that's like dealing with its awareness of its own deterioration that's still thinking it's good that she's gonna be the one to protect and save her yeah Uh, i i think that that's right Uh, and i also think that like it seemed to me like the way she was playing her was that like she was having a loss of control that wasn't just like an emotional loss of control she seemed drunk to me like i was like oh this is a belligerent drunk person yeah like straight up um and i thought that she played that really well where it's like this thing is is unraveling our minds in the very ways that have caused this trouble this whole time. And look, who among us hasn't had who, a... who really wants to be in control and like yes. takes us to this extreme of like seizing control of like, okay, if I tie everybody up and I get to the bottom of this, then I'm going to figure this shit out and I'm going to be back in control of this situation. And yeah, the shimmer will it. learn its place. Like. Yeah. And who yeah. among us hasn't had a few too many and then just sat staring at their hands crying. Uh, yeah, I mean, that's super relatable. But uh, the fact that, like, this bear... To me, this is one of the best and most creative of this whole refracting DNA concept. A concept, like, I love and like a I, I, I just want more. Like, I just want more concepts, ideas, animals, plants, visuals. I just want more of it. But this idea that by devouring Cassie, this bear, like gains her voice gains like her dying words as a lore like yeah that should have... it's so it it's so interesting from a sci-fi xenobiology standpoint and then as a horror concept it's also like it's just, this uh, is a thing that happens kind of right like there are animals that make noises to lure <laughs> like their prey yeah. that sound like people foxes hyenas like they're yeah, They're this, just this, out there and they will fuck you up. This hit yeah. a weird spot for me because I feel like I like it much more in execution than I do when they try to explain it later because yes, like, I agree. Josie is very like, oh yeah, she somehow got like the essence of Cass's DNA when like the bear ate her and then she could talk like Cass and I was like, yeah, she's like, like this is the saddest the thing I could think that, of. Yeah, <laughs> that this bear has like some kind of like adaptation that it's like oh i can lure humans by making a sound like their friend and so like it you know imitates cast the same way we imitate fucking ducks i thought um, it was so like you know taking like you are what you eat to the next level yeah that, that's, like, that's by kind eating of this right. human like huge parts of like human physiology became incorporated in the bear like it literally gained cords it, it, it felt it like that. human okay. well it felt like everything is fusing right so like yeah. to take Cass into its mouth it literally took Cass into its mouth yeah. I did not need any explanation I like I like the explanation as Josie trying to reckon with what the fuck just happened oh yeah like yeah. that I'm like yeah you need to do that for you girl. everything absolutely make peace but like to me I'm just like it was a bear that screamed like a woman that's it yeah. I don't want yeah. don't say that shit to me don't so don't do much about this movie falls into that primely into that category of mysteries i don't need or want answers to yeah i think the 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 
the fact that all of the fucking characters are so unreliable really helps me with like every time they explain something i'm like to you <laughs> yeah <laughs> whatever <laughs> yeah well just josie is definitely the most abstract thinker in yes. this group which makes makes sense when she's like everything's refracting and i'm like you know it doesn't work like that but <laughs> you're you know you're also a physicist so you know you you see things i mean she's some, just talking math right now yeah she's just talking math she's you know she's thinking of things and fractals i don't know i mean it maybe that's that doesn't have anything to do with being a physicist maybe that's just her her creativity i don't know but like it, it's she it's she's, yeah she's, she's beautiful minding while the others are in a very different moving yeah well and i think that that says something more about her character rather than lazy writing i agree right? I, I think it was a choice yeah say. and especially when, the book gets very like yeah feels very ethereal like, yeah and it feels less she yeah she, you know, she sort of accepts she becomes the, <laughs> yeah she becomes the part of the the um the, the shimmer and the other thing is that like well with lena when lena's like oh the mouth of the gator is just like the flowers like that just that felt like that just made no sense whereas it was i was like sure man there are flowers yeah. in there no there's just shark teeth that's not like yeah. flowers but i'm a literal person i guess uh, yeah yeah but like you know it was but just to compare those two kind of explanation moments make me want to see her the, at the, both a flower shop and an aquarium <laughs> this is like flowers this is like sharks i feel like the idea that there are things that are fused and together and growing together that are not supposed to be there is what yeah. they're getting at but at the same time i was like you don't have to explain that to me it's just a weird giant gator like yeah i mean yeah. this is all I a like vibe the idea that like i do like this i don't know if it's a as a literal sci-fi explanation but as like a metaphor of and that everything's just like in right that life is just in flux yeah i feel like i accept that you know to emily's point i accept that more from josie than from lena right because yeah. even though they are all scientists right uh something about josie is very whimsical uh, i'm a little like lena is supposedly like very like this is hard facts this is i've, I've poke this thing and it bleeds and i look look at it under a microscope and i'm like Shh. the cell split yeah. and it split into a glowy cell <laughs> which Girl, tell people. Tell right? people about the glowy cells. We're all like, turning rainbow, guys. She literally puts her face next to the the corpse in the pool. She's like, yeah. oh, let me get these samples. And I'm like, no! <laughs> what are you doing? Stop. No gloves or anything either. Like, no. I know everybody's breathing everything, but... And that definitely looked like a like a fruiting body, like you know what yeah. I mean. I was like, you gotta that. Yeah. Are you kidding? That there's spores. spores right in your that face. is yeah. so much yeah. spores. Ugh. Yeah, I, I think we are bears. No, I, I do think we we got to talk about this scene with the bear because we we talk. This is a, theoretically a horror podcast, but like this <laughs> scene where this fucking bear walks between them and is just like slowly letting out these human screams and these like gasping screams sniffing oh. them and then trying to like get them to to react in some way yeah horrifying in like, the this theaters, was so scary my wife actually burst into tears literal Aww. tears she was like no and just started crying my mom Aww. disowned me uh that part's not true but she did look at me like i i can't trust you ever again <laughs> oh <laughs> it's like 
the way that the screams rise and fall like it's not just like a scream like you would expect in a horror movie but it's almost like this like a wave like it swells and then it, it, it comes back down it's just like yeah it, it's it's really like a call like you know you're blowing into something that you yeah. know just rises and it in doesn't and goes it just out. opens its mouth and the sound comes out it's not like yeah. it, there's no lip there's none of that it's just like yeah well there's no Whoa! lips yeah it's got true. like a like it's a got skull two head. skulls it's got a human skull and then like a bear skull oh, so dope the design is awesome yo so jock did all of the like concept work for this like which yeah. i did not know basically really? not based on the book uh Based on the script. That's so cool. I would oh, love to see that art. featurettes on this. I did not that know what Jack looked like. Amazing. Me neither. He is he is not what I expected to see. No. <laughs> but yeah. Like, oh. This bear is a uh, everyone was talking about this bear when the movie and yeah, this bear is like visual centerpiece of this movie. All of the crazy crystal shit later. Whatever. I, I think it's cool. We just don't spend time with it the way we spend with the bear. Like it, yeah. it, um, you, and, and Anya. Anya, I guess, has just been thrown and re-enters the scene and uh, decides that she's going to fight this fucking bear, at which point the bear uh, runs through everybody else, just throws oh, yeah. them everywhere, and Demolished. just destroys Anya, like, like, cap- like get- pins her, and then, like, rips her throat out, and then rips her entire fucking jaw off, which, like... Yikes. And we <sighs> do not get a discretion shot. No, there's no, no discretion here. <laughs> This there was you the get jawless Gina Rodriguez, straight up. Yeah. It it like, <sighs> but we don't stay. I I I'd have to watch it again just for funsies. No, uh, but I don't think we spend as much time looking at a still of like her all fucked up as we do with Cass. Like we look at Cass and the aftermath of that violence. Whereas with this bear attack, we we see the violence happen and yeah. then like, what? But there are still people alive. Like let's yeah, and it's holy, but. To me, I'm like, what a relief. She's dead. Like, I yeah. wouldn't want to live through this either. The other the other people that survived this are going to have to live with that. Like, they're going to have to hear that in their fucking dreams. Like, absolutely not. And I, I, I yeah, have a question that, here, it's... Um, which, like, just, just thinking about this from a movie-making standpoint, um, what do we think about the fact that there there isn't, like, a discretion shot here that doesn't pull away or, or not look at this and that we, like... You really get to see this like graphic violence, which I think is is uncommon to to see done to a female character in a movie like this. Like, I it think is a different kind of violence. I I yeah. think it's yeah. the kind of you know it's like we talk about you know you always got to be careful of like violence against women in movies. I feel like it's the kind of this kind of thing is the kind of thing that you can do like that maybe becomes afforded when your entire cast is women. Yeah. I think like, too, it's, it felt like an action movie death. Like she got yeah, yeah. mauled by a bear that she was shooting with a gun. Like, it's like, although I will say, I found it interesting that this bear, uh, who is a very masculine figure, um, who we see on the chest of, right. um, takes shepherds. I couldn't throat. tell what it is. It bothered yeah. me so much. It's, it's a bear tattoo. It's a bear doing like this. Uh, takes Shepard's throat and voice, literally takes her throat and voice, and then also takes um, takes Anya's throat and voice and her face. So like he, it uh, dis, just makes them unable to have a voice. I feel like if this bear had really taken Cat's spirit, then when the bear's pacing around trying to get reactions, it would just start gossiping and telling everyone secrets <laughs> to each other. Yeah, that's that's that's, the... that's what it was trying to do. That's why I was screaming at them, even though they were right there. 
I feel like she's trying to cut herself. She's killing that bear tea. <laughs> Fuck, man. It, it just was like so weird because like there's a bunch of oppressive shit in this movie, but like this is like some straightforward violence. Like, yeah. and this is the most straightforward violence that we see. There's a bunch of violence. There's this, yeah. this movie chose violence across the board. Yeah. But like the, it was almost a relief, right? Like where you're like, yes. Oh, fuck. Like a monster. Fuck. Thank you. Yeah. Jesus. Like I'm never going to sleep again, but also God. And then Josie gets the hero shot, not Lena, which I found really interesting, right? Like the moment that the thing, Josie kills the thing that killed Lena's. Yeah. And Josie is this retiring, like, sad little figure and it's just like she 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 had enough like she was done she's like yeah. josie i mean she you just say like yeah. she really figured out that none of them were truly making it out like as themselves like and for you her? Know, i love that she says like ventress wants to face it you want to fight it and she and like josie was just like just decide to embrace it i feel like we we don't have to we don't spend time right because she's the main character but like i get her and her motivations. Like, I feel like yeah. Josie's the main character if this movie takes like a midsummer like turn. <laughs> That's true. Many flowers. That's a lot of flowers. Um, um, she's the most empowered for sure. Yeah, where it's like if that became the theme of like embracing this change as empowerment. Like I don't feel like I don't know how to feel about Lena at the end, but I don't necessarily feel like she's been empowered by this experience. She's, no, changed. she's changed. Yeah. She's changed. Yeah. 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 I mean, changed. Oh, yeah. I don't know about him. I, I just I wanted to talk about that death because I, I just think it's really interesting because it is such a like action movie death that you know she she goes down fighting. She is uh you know killed horribly. Like yeah, it that's is a terrible very yeah. violent shot. But I feel like so often like when when women are killed, especially in horror movies. Uh, it is set up to be, uh, you know, not only are they the victim, but often they like die sexy. And like, that is not the case at all in, in this. Yeah. Like, it's not, you know, uh, it's it's not being closed in the uh, garage door with your, your boobs hanging out the front of it or, you know, yeah. stabbed after, yeah, you know, no... having sex in a slasher movie. It's like, there's no, there's no attempt for them to like, and I think throughout the the whole movie, there's no real attempt for them to sex up this character. No. Um, there's and especially no not objective. Here. Yeah, there's really no objectification or sexual Vanya in these final moments. It's really, again, about her instability and her take charge attitude, like in her final moments. Yeah, I think she goes too, down. She goes down hard. Yeah. If you're gonna do it, I feel like to a lot of like mid movie deaths or, or you know pushing forward deaths it feels like this death is so that the surviving character can get further or so that they can learn something and for me the deaths that happen here are not it's just like this character this is their end and like it felt like very final like it does not matter to Lena whether Anya died like it, it, it's yeah. not affecting her at all yeah and honestly that... it's convenient to her at this point if nothing yeah else. right right I feel like this movie it all just hammering the sense of hopelessness like a certain sense of hopelessness like with most horror movies you know like oh there's going to be a final person who's going to get through it who's going to beat it and this movie it's just like this is my first time watching it but i just knew like even if it's a cliffhanger like there's no beating this like there's yeah. no 
really defeating this. This is so far beyond any kind of scope of reasoning. Like, you're in. You've walked in. Like, the moment you stepped foot in, that was it. And nothing can change that. Yeah, even yeah you're over your head no matter what. You, like, we win at the end of this. Even if Lena wins at the end of this. Like, <laughs> she's not going to live much longer afterwards. Because, like, you know. Probably. Yeah, oh, yeah, we don't know. We don't know. But they yeah, both, it seems like they've become something else that's stable, right? But, like, t- to me, the shimmer is all the, like, fucked up stuff that happens to us that we don't we're suppressing right like we're like nope i'm fine i'm fine yeah and it changes you and it fucks you up and it twists you but like that's to me the beauty of what josie ends up doing is that she's like no it's a part of me and uh i uh i don't have to fight that i can just be like there's nothing wrong with me even though Uh, i guess to cut away all to the spoilers with the stability what i really haven't been fully able to kind of sense what the thematic is kind of fake like to again we're in the spoiler section duplicate kane only stabilizes after the shimmer quote like disappears it wasn't you know seemingly absorbed into lena in its own way and so what that means that the children of the shimmer so to speak only stabilize once the shimmer is gone and what that means there's a there was something i read into that about especially considering the the discussion of immortality that they had before yeah yeah the the, uh the life and this is this is me like having watched a lot of anime (laughs) this is a very anime conceptual science fiction area that i'm coming from here but it kind of felt like the, the what they were where they were going with the shimmer is that it's just change is happening and it doesn't have to stop and it much like those those you know the, the human cells have the the um uh the hardwire dna to decay um whereas the shimmer was just life ever going like it just would go all over the place crazy right. um and not stop and then what happens later is uh lena sort of programming it to decay programming it to stop by by sort of interacting with it that way now why that makes oscar isaac and her like quote-unquote children of the shimmer maybe they are now like the the fact that the shimmer has has taken everything to that point where it itself understands stopping makes it stable i don't know that's an interesting idea i like that i wow anime i'm gonna have to sit with that <laughs> i i i thought that like the actually that that makes sense to, um they have a conversation about something else completely earlier in a flashback but you see her reading the or the life of henrietta Lacks. right mm-hmm. so this mm-hmm. idea of like just the, so those she, are the cells she's teaching about in the uh she, the cervical thing, cancer stuff yeah yeah, yeah. But like she, she also talks about how like everything came from this one cell. If you trace it back, every living thing, every living cell came from this one cell. Um, right. And so the idea of like coupling that with the way that she seems to understand the shimmer as like it's not doing anything; it just exists. So it's the cell. It's yeah, progenitor. It's the you know the primordial soup or whatever. Um, and so the one became two. Right, so you have now Canaan, um, and then they will become four, and then eight, whatever. Um, so it's less maybe that it's stopped doing what it's doing, and more that it's changed. It's doing it in a different way. 
Right. Maybe. I don't, I don't like, know. I this like shit that. was weird. I like that's, that. No, that's that's I, cool. I feel like this is a movie yeah. that wants us that is encouraging us to form these theories and try to take our own interpretation like this movie has no interest in giving us a firm answer on what it all means or what comes next nor should it it's not that kind of movie and it excels at not being that kind of movie yeah and that, I, I do enjoy that kind of thing because it's it is like interactive in a way because the questions that, that it poses to you you know, it doesn't offer everything. It's not something you observe. You are interacting with it in terms of like trying to figure out what's going on or what the meaning is rather than just, you know, trying to unravel a mystery or trying to, to, to sequence some events. In this case, it's, it is subjective. And I think that that's, that's always something that I like to see in a film, but. <laughs> I, I like too, that like it, you, it has immense rewatchability because mm-hmm what you think about it changes depending on who you were talking to and what like what were you were reading and like what's going on and so like to go back and like I didn't even like think about what you had said now I'm just like oh yeah absolutely that that makes so much sense like she programmed destruction that's so genius like and hence the title and like that's why I was like oh okay so annihilation and then also that yeah you know we'll get there but like um because in the in the book annihilation was like a Oh, the kill switch, right. Like right, a kill switch right. word. And it was not, you know, the, the story wasn't about self-destruction so much. It's just about weird shit happening and just yeah. things being out, completely out of our, our frame of reference. Um, but, you know, this being about like this whole undercurrent of about self-destructive behavior makes it pretty interesting as well, just because of the themes that Jeff Mandermeer has talked about um and it's uh, you know saying something a little bit more explicitly than the the original book did um you know and and there is that sense now like we coming back to Josie you know the sense that this just is you know it's not doing anything with the consciousness it just exists yeah it doesn't want anything it's not trying to do anything it doesn't it doesn't come here for a reason like um uh dude says you know in the in the end yeah but it's just is and you know resisting it is you know much like death you know (laughs) um is that it is uh it's something that we just have to deal with and you know we're never going to understand it fully yeah i Um, I think that's it's it's interesting because i mean the point the point where we were at in the the sort of outline of the story is is where where josie dies and uh i guess we don't really know arguably yeah um because (laughs) You know, they're they're arguing over what to do next. Uh, I mean, you know, Ventress has already gone. Ventress doesn't care if they follow her or not. She just she, fucked she, off. She's <laughs> she's going to the lighthouse. That's her goal. Um, and you know, Josie and Lena are sort of talking about what to do next. Lena is still pretty determined to go to the lighthouse, but seems to want Josie to come along. And Josie said, you know, she's she's not really interested in fighting this thing. Like it it just is, and you know, it, it she seems to think it's it's pretty beautiful. Um, and she she is projected at least in this story indirectly as as wanting connection and like seeking a connection with uh whether it's you know a higher power or feelings or other people um and she feels like you know she maybe she can have that she just has to accept it and you know be part of this thing and she literally like wanders off and lena you know she goes around a corner and lena tries to follow her and all that's left there are you know, human bushes. Um, 
where <laughs> where where Lena should be, um, and that she's sort of fused and and become part of this thing. So there's there's no real indication that she dies so much as you know joins she this just, thing. Yeah, I feel like. I feel like in a real way, like the energy these women put into this place is what they get, right? Like mm-hmm. Anya's really angry and she has a very violent, angry death. Shepard is really unsure and we don't even see her death, right? Like she's just like, yeah. just dragged off. And then we'll get to what happens to, to the doctor. And um, I, before, before we, we go forward to, I wanted to, to loop back to what I think everyone said at this point, um, I'm talking about, um, narrators that you can't trust right like uh this is all i I forget even though they do remind you periodically right that this is a retelling so what we're seeing is not strictly true um and when i got to this part in in the rewatching this time i was like it hit me i was like wait a second she could have killed all these people like Mm -hmm. We don't know that any of this is true, but what a beautiful story that she's telling about what happened. And I thought that, that like, it just struck me as like, we'll never know the truth. Just like, we don't know what the fuck the shimmer is. We'll never know the truth yeah. of what happened on this expedition. And that's yeah. the point, right? Like God, the subjectivity is the point. Just how unreliable she might be even to that degree. Wild, unreliable. That, right? Yeah. Uh, I mean, later on, we'll get to this, right? But jumping ahead tiny bit, like we have no reason to believe that she is the Lena like that yeah. went in like oh, we have yeah. no reason we to have, she isn't the entity we have her word that she gave the entity the grenade right but we yeah. watched og kane original gangster kane <laughs> <laughs> the phosphorus grenade himself right because his mind broke because he saw this other thing right yeah it was so like i no was like nope again. nope not which he made all the way to the lighthouse and then nope the fuck out of friends, existence if i saw that <laughs> I don't know what would happen. Like you don't know till you're <laughs> tested. But like his response so, is reasonable. <laughs> I've yeah. always there was I mean, a cracked article from. I mean, it's a decade old now, but there was a cracked article, and it was all about if you ever met a duplicate of yourself, you have instead of the uh, you know the fighter that you have the fighter fuck response. Do you <laughs> fight your clone or do you have sex with your clone? maybe he had sex with himself and then it just was too much for him i mean it is i mean i can only imagine how intense it must be having sex with oscar isaac are we talking about prometheus again is that where we're going (laughs) no i'm pretty sure no we're we're talking about clones like having sex so i'm pretty sure now we're on to alien covenant well yeah that's that's what we're talking about oh god Oh no! That fastbender on fastbender action. Now imagine if if fastbender was played by Oscar Oscar Isaac. Isaac. Just Michael Fassbender was just played by. (laughs) Yeah, like not Michael Fassbender's role. What if Michael Fassbender, the human being, was himself played by Oscar Isaac? I feel like this. I feel like this movie. I feel like Annihilation would have made Assassin's Creed more interesting. was cast in like the opposite way that most movies are cast where they were like we're only going to have one male character in here let's try and get the hottest person we possibly can to play this male character yeah yeah make a count just love yeah. interest let's just you yeah. know you i gotta like, believe it because we're feel not like gonna give was, you a lot i feel like that was also with hidden figures where they're <laughs> like we've got six minutes to focus on our main romance how do we make it believable right i, I know 100%. let's cast Marsha Hala ali in this role let me tell you. Let me tell you again. Correct. Yeah, yes. and it worked. And it worked. Succeeded yes. with flying colors. Who yeah, wouldn't this, go on a crazy like... mission to a, a gelatinous mass that has murdered everyone that went in there 
like who wouldn't do that for oscar isaac like i just don't right yeah. right like, let's find the best five women we can to play these roles and i don't know somebody hot for the husband yeah i mean it just so happens he's great like yeah, yeah he's also <laughs> and apparently um, he's filming this like simultaneously with last jedi on like walking across the floor. yeah they were on like sets <laughs> next to each other so like he would film last jedi and then walk over here and film a scene in the in annihilation wild i'm so glad they made it work because i don't know if i would have believed it with any other actor I'd be like right no. they sent a poe it <laughs> yeah exactly ah! i also <gasps> don't believe anyone cheating on oscar isaac for no reason like, yeah you know what i mean like they don't give a reason which things happen in real life and it's not about what it's about but like you got to give me something because it's oscar i mean the implication i got was that they they felt is that they started having distance once um lena left once she left the military and they were no longer like working together yeah he he was in the military and was gone for you know months at a time yeah there's a line what he had done there's a line where it's like there's a line in that affair Thing yeah, that's pretty much like, like can't talk to him. yeah it's like yeah it's like you know it's like you ain't gotta say a word i don't spend a yeah. lot of time t- telling my partner about lumber marketing we work just fine who gives a shit about lumber <laughs> yeah. marketing it sucks a strict no comics rule in my house yeah. for most of the time it's fine <laughs> we talk about other stuff um but anyway again we digress uh where so, were we? so lena is uh i guess running to catch up with uh ventress at this point and she uh, comes to the the crystallized beach. Um, full Leaves of... her bag in the yeah. middle of the surf. Like I guess yeah. we know where she's going. There's a lot of crystal trees and and shit all through here. And, and I want to build a tree house in one of those. Yeah, and they... there's a, sure, you a, build a weird tree mansion. Yes. Now the tree, the tree house, the tree like the fucking crystal secret of mana shit is fucking dope, and I love it. And love and it. it's like the the lighthouse, everything's cool. Why is there a skull shrine? We'll never know. I assume it's other expeditions. Yeah, one yeah, of these other groups. But, uh, that's that's the first expedition. The whole group got here, and then was, one guy murdered all of them and made a cool like shrine a, out like of their bodies. They all sat around and then just got and then like, but died. then they turned their rib cages upside down and had their spot. I don't know. Maybe they um, instead of a poet, they sent a, um, a installation a artist. Yeah, yeah. Look, before look, Will Graham and Hannibal were part of one of the right? expeditions, yeah, and they just did their art installation thing. There, that's the- like every time that some cool body was there, I'm like, up oh, there's that Hannibal. Yeah, I was going to talk about Velvet Buzzsaw, but you know, hey, <laughs> all together, all the other person that saw that movie. Oh, <laughs> we, we, we actually just talked about it. That oh, was, did we you? recorded it last week, and <laughs> we all loved it. It was so yeah. good. It was so wild. I was like, this is three separate movies <laughs> that right. you pitched together. Incredible. Now, what I want mm-hmm. is Not a Jake single different hall critiquing <laughs> Hannibal's body art structures. I thought you were going to say Jake Gyllenhaal critiquing Annihilation. <laughs> but, and, but like, yeah. But then also Annihilation, like, I don't know. I, I, I want a whole YouTube right. series of just David Diggs staring intently at art and then just saying one word. <laughs> that's good. <laughs> That'd be fine. That's also yeah. good. That's that's some good shit. Um, I'd watch all of those. Yeah. <laughs> I'm happy they didn't explain the fucking bodies. I was like, I yeah, mean, I didn't, this yeah. is weird. There are just rib cages. There's a skull over there. That's a crystal tree. Is it singing? I don't know. Fuck it. Get yeah. out of here. I'm man. so yeah. 
happy to have had so few explanations. Like none of it feels rushing. Like the more unknown there are, the more dreamlike it is. Like where did yeah. they come from? Dream logic. Where did anything come from? I like uh, every explanation that isn't Lena's. I just, I just take it as just like when your friends are high and they're just talking about shit. And you're like, yeah, man, sure. Yeah. yeah. Like, yeah. It's your spirit. Yeah. It was in the bear. Fuck it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> it, it, it's, a, it's a prism. You're right. We're all prisms. Everybody, <laughs> everything's right. a prism. Stop all putting your our... hands in the fire. It's okay. <laughs> Please. All You're our... a prism. I'm a prism. The heart hearts are prisms of <laughs> refracting love. Whatever gets so you. Oh, like through the, the plot of the Kingdom Hearts movie. Right. <laughs> it does, though. Like, that's it. Yeah. <laughs> what I'm saying. It's what I'm saying. <laughs> Get the shit from thing. anime. Um, <laughs> yeah. So this is um she she finally walks into the, the lighthouse and we find a, a video recorder that's been left behind. Um, charred monk. Yeah, where yeah. there's there's a, a a dead burned man against the wall, and she watches the video of Kane talking to somebody as he uh, ignites a phosphorus grenade that he's holding and immolates himself. Um and then the cameraman steps out from behind it, and we see that it is also Kane. Um, Apparently, though, right? You had the you had yeah. Kane with the curls set on yeah. fire, and then slick back Kane. That's what I'm saying. The doppelganger can't render hair very well at this point. <laughs> so it's just doing slick back hair. With, Their texture is real tough. Doing that yeah. Now, one I mean, thing look, I noticed you here: see low poly, low res, low polygon. <laughs> Natalie there's Portman. no, there's no product inside the lighthouse. He hasn't had a chance to really. Get a little uh yeah curl no in hair. there was the, was the midway to transforming into natalie portman doppelganger just beyond horrifying no that was horrifying that was like the uncanniest of valley mouthless was... natalie portman yeah. <sighs> although oh. like the fact okay well i don't want to get too far ahead because we have, you know sequence is important here but um yeah i mean kane we do see that kane tells other kane that he has to go find lena which presumably why other Kane shows up at all in the first place, not knowing where he is or where he's been or who any of these people he left with are. Um, and Lena, to... yeah, swallows all this and decides to go check out the cool hole in the in the lighthouse where the meteorite yeah, she, went through. She dumps, she jumps down the Giger hole like you do. God, that's that is the thing that you should do. Um, yeah. I will also mention that apparently the Shimmer has given Kane an accent. Yes. Did okay. Before. <laughs> yes. I that bothered me so much. The first time that I watched it, and the second time, now I've come. I've come to accept it, much like Josie. Uh, yes. <laughs> but I think the idea. Don't know if it's true. Take it as a vibe. Uh, is that he's become an amalgamation of all of his in the same way that like Lena has absorbed the tattoo and like uh-uh. all that kind of stuff. Where, don't know if that's true. Yeah. That's just my. That's just. I'll accept he it. He has taken their gut snakes into his own gut snakes. Yeah, he was yeah. deep in those gut snakes. He ate one of their throats, and now he has their voice. Right? Maybe. Um, I don't know. There's a lot of weird... All right. And that's why Oscar <laughs> Isaac's Miss Pine's voice. Thanks. <laughs> now, would you describe Oscar Isaac as a bear? I don't know. I don't think he's Not hairy big enough. enough to be a bear. Yeah. yeah, no. I would say no. He's a short man. Okay, so Natalie Portman jumps man. down the Giger hole. <laughs> Uh, yeah, where he, uh, where she finds Ventress. Um, Can I talk is... about this for just a second? Yes, yes please. Yes. This part to me is one of the most freaky things that I have ever seen. Like, I hate fa- just just we were talking briefly about Uncanny Valley, but like 
the the when she has not perceived her face as a like a shifting mass of flesh and then when she is perceived it's normal too much too broken that was my breaking point like i made it this far and i was like oh that's it this is the one (laughs) like it's like full hellraiser at this point it was it was so fucking frightening i don't know why that particular thing got me but i just with that wig it was just too much (laughs) well yeah because you barely see her face and it's like she yeah, has like, no eyes and yeah. all, no like, eyes it looks oh. like someone took her flesh and just like gently yeah. scraped it down like play-doh yes. and i was like oh, is having shit. a very bad trip like it's a, oh, yeah. oh, yeah. she has that line that chilling line i wanted to see what was in the lighthouse that time that moment has passed yeah as well it was ve- that that was very event horizon, right? Like, oh, yeah. just like you don't need eyes to see where they're. That was some. Go. That was some real Sam Neil shit. Yeah. yeah, the creature is inside her, and it's going to annihilate everything cell by cell. And then she just sort of drifts apart, like she's made up of bubbles. She, For sure. Well, she, yeah, she like breathes out the, the life stream. It's glowing cell. It's like it's oh. visible. She, it's like, eye sucks into it a little. Like, like yeah. Like it's like it's glowing firefly cells like yeah just... and it becomes like little jellyfish and stuff and it's um, very beautiful found in nature God, the beauty of this movie's horror yeah. it makes it so unsettling and they're they're basically like in a weird giger cave like it yeah. looks like the set from aliens yeah. where with the alien queen but they're just in there and then um the ventress like implodes explodes whatever like just becomes a spore Both somehow yeah a and weird organic yes. 3d blob which like is apparently it's like a, a mathematical fractal. construct uh you know put in put into 3d it's scary. and yeah. it's just a massive moving flesh-like material it's um, like those old we cgi videos that. that you used to watch when it was just like a bunch of patterns <laughs> and shit like the mind's yeah. eye it's like it when like, when yeah. Epic used to do those videos of like the Unreal Engine where you'd see them like push meat cubes and stuff yeah. like yeah. in the video and you're like, oh no, why is that? Yeah. No, thank you. A cube of yeah. meat. Um, and it was, oh, it was very psychedelic that way where you're like looking into it and it's like, you know, like they have like the crazy music. The That's- soundtrack was disturbing it actually it unnerved my cats they were very upset <laughs> oh yeah well it goes from steven stills like soft rock like sad <laughs> soft rock to uh it's all like bittersweet and shit to like yeah you know it goes, it goes oh real weird here as like this thing i guess just pulls a pulls a little bit of blood off of uh, lena's face and starts to turn into this humanoid featureless thing and then they go upstairs and have a dance battle Um, (laughs) this is the part where they're like there is a a bit of a it's not a sexual assault but it definitely is yeah like legit i mean bad hug to say the least where like the thing is mirroring her and then like like pushes her up up against the wall and she's just like restrained and she's bleeding like it's it's real scary (laughs) yeah it's it's worth mentioning that like the thing is not initially aggressive. It is just right. mirroring sh- her until she takes a swing at it and then it swings back. Yeah. She shoots and- it. She's straight up like. Yeah. Oh, yeah. She shoots it and it we grows that- like crazy tentacles and shit. Yeah, well, it's, that deal. it's like the bullets yeah. exiting the body, but not fully exiting and going in these crazy paths that then like harden. Like, it's just the visuals in this are just so 
crazy created out of this cool. world pool. You get the energy you put in. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So this do. thing, this thing comes out of the like weird psychedelic CGI singularity, and it looks like somebody wrapped in that weird like three or uh, iridescent shit that you like the foil shit you would get on slap bracelets. Yeah. <laughs> it's like like 80s iridescence that everyone's was you know you'd get them at the discovery store or whatever and you're like well these are off the hook and then like (laughs) but it's like a whole person dressed it's like doug jones but it's uh actually it's not doug jones it's there's a there's a Kristen mcgarity is the name of the the actor that that is in the suit um or doing the the, motion okay i thought it was the the girl the the girl from the beginning uh sonoya mizuno who yes yeah is is the but, med student, but also plays the um, the creepy dance. Yeah, there's there's no the creepy acid. dance bit. Um, She's a dancer, right? <laughs> Use your staff to the fullest potential. Yes, yeah. yes, indeed. Um, it looks like an oil slick, right? It looks like a hardened oil slick. Going yeah. back to that, like the whole genesis of this thing, but also in the movie, the the vibes. It's just yeah. A, coalesced grossness it's anything you can do i can do creepier and it does Uh, yeah and it 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 has so it's like following her and um you know it doesn't really have any eyes like it has this kind of amorphous face head situation um and then it's at the point where uh lena starts giving up the phosphorus grenade where it starts becoming her and you know gets into that uncanny valley where it starts like oh not okay which is terrifying not okay did not like that one little bit that was uh real scary yeah that was uh that made me i mean i was gonna make a joke about comparing it to other cgi but that's not because like the c it was perfectly fine cgi like the effects were great it was meant to be as terrifying and unsettling as possible and it definitely succeeded at that it definitely won that game Ugh. Uh, any- god, that that halfway point like it's always like god that like you know that halfway point that on the eyes an- kind of that oh. halfway point on the animorphs cover just never good <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah so uh lena hands it a, a phosphorus grenade with the pin pulled and lets it light itself on fire and then it touches the you know oscar isaac body that's still there and lights that on fire and the rest of the lighthouse and lena kind of stumbles out of there and watches that this burn down house is so flammable yeah, you would think the geeger hole catches on fire so easily well the thing goes back down the geeger hole yeah and like it while it's, it's on fire yeah no no psychology to dissect there um <laughs> <laughs> and it you know immediately all the crystal plants burn down and the shimmer starts to fade and um we we go back to current time where she's still being interviewed by benedict wong and uh it's like oh yeah the lighthouse is just ash there you know people have been able to get to it now the shimmer doesn't exist anymore it would seem um and uh kane uh, other Kane who is there has suddenly recovered um, as soon as it was gone. Um, so she goes to see Kane. Um, she asks if he's really Kane, and he says he doesn't think so. Um, Kane asks if she's Lena, and she doesn't answer. And the last thing we see in the movie is her uh, her eyes shimmering. the The color of her irises is changing, just like the shimmer. Oh, yeah. they uh, they, they embrace and then yeah, yeah. they hug. Yeah. 
maybe a bad hug. I don't know. But there's a point where um, that, yeah, the Benedict Wong is saying, you know, came here for a reason. Um, and she says, no, it was just here and it was making something new. It wasn't destroying. It was just making something new. Yeah. Yeah. yeah that's kind of, the, um, that's part of the true horror of this movie is that like, it's, it's not, it's not aliens, right? Like it's not a creature that is bent on destruction or hunting or killing. It's, it's not predator or um, yeah. alien is sometimes almost anti-science. Like, don't you dare try to study this thing. Just fucking kill it. Yeah. Just yeah. Don't open yeah. that. Don't open what, don't open the box that was meant to be closed. <laughs> yeah. This thing is, this thing is killing us possibly, you know, potentially on mass if it keeps growing and it doesn't even have like a reason. It just by its existence is doing this thing. But um, I wonder too if their obsession, this movie's obsession with cells and division and all that kind of stuff, like the idea that like when your cells are dividing, they're becoming other things. Are you destroying that original cell? Or is it just changing? It's just new. Like, yeah. Is it like. I guess to the to the parts of the cell wall that like were once whole and now are being ripped asunder. That's real fucking sad and scary. But like it it will become something else, right? Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's definitely something. There's there's a lot here to unpack. That's about growth. That's about change. That's about adaptation. So to well, I, I think it's less about adaptation and more just about li- like John existence yeah. and what I said being John Malkovich. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Thank you. What if that's that what it is? The Shimmer's just true? turning everyone into John Malkovich. That's true. No, that happened. was Prometheus. It was that's not the shark. Was not a shark gator. Turns out it was a Malkagator. Yeah, well, it was just a Gatorvich. Everything. Well, that's why that thing was so like the the. It was trying to be John Malkovich, but it was just seeking just make it. being Natalie Portman instead. Yeah, it's like yeah, um, oh, this is all right, I guess. Yeah, it's it's the in, I think it's an interesting thing to me that like. There's a concept of like rewriting DNA and, you know, something doing that villainously. And this thing is just sort of doing it incidentally, like by coming in contact with this thing, it is completely rewriting everything about not just people, but creatures, plants, you know, they're, they're just um, changing who and what they are just by being near it. Yeah. I mean, there's also something to be said about like radiation, um, environmental impact and stuff, but one one thing that I really love about this, especially the movie version, is that it makes it less about in, an environmental message, which is you know is a good message and it's you know there and and but it it takes it to another step, um, having it be about uh, psychology and self destruction and you know what what about existence do we really control? What about our existence do we really control? You know. Um, I don't think the movie is making a definitive statement about how, you know, our self-destructive nature is programmed into us because, you know, that's an idea and, and um, you know, there's a lot of people in this movie that make shitty decisions um, or, you know, or make just the bad decisions because they don't have anything better. But um, what really changes the uh, the shimmer in the end, you know, what causes it to self-destruct is the interaction that Lena has with it, where she's, you know, first she tries to fight it and then she tries to resist it. And then once she figures out what it's doing, then she starts interacting with it, teaching it essentially. 
So what she does is that instead of, you know, she, she makes an offering to it, which is the grenade. Um, <laughs> but um, that, you know, was that a good, I mean, also unreliable narrators, there's that element to be considered as well. Um, you know, did, was it her, is she the doppelganger? And now she had given herself the grenade because that's what she wanted to do or whatever. Like it's the same, same end that, um, that Kane had initially. Um, so yeah, there's a I lot think, more. I feel like the implication is, is maybe not that because Kane, like Kane's double <laughs> is dumb. Like Kane's <laughs> double doesn't know where he came from. Doesn't know what's going on. Um, you know, is very confused uh, from, from jump. Um, yeah, I mean, but even he's his better last than what words, happened, right? Kane's like, double, even being asked, "Are you Kane's double?" His answer is, "Ah, probably." I feel, like, I feel like part of it too is that, like, whatever's happening is accelerating, right? Yeah. Like, so that no one has made it back, and then suddenly two people have made it back. Yeah. Yeah, I, uh, I think like th- there's definitely an implication that it, it, something in her remains changed by this process, and whether that's sure. meant to be just emotional or more sci-fi i i think uh is is unanswered in the movie and doesn't yeah, ultimately sure. matter to what the movie wants to say about it um no that's that's the it's it, that's what i find interesting about this movie is that we can argue about like interpretations of what like the events were but like ultimately it doesn't matter like the whole the yeah. movie's like no, no 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 that's not what the point is don't worry yeah. about that yeah. it doesn't matter <laughs> um vibes man <laughs> Yeah. And then, uh, you know, to talk like to bring us to our talking points, you know, talking about mental uh, mental health and things like that. There's a lot of discussion of trauma in this movie and and talking about trauma and the great, you know, macrocosm of change and um, uh, cataclysm and things like that. And um, the 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 different outlooks of each character um i think really has something psychological to say uh about how your outlook especially we're talking about you know you you get out of it what you put into it um uh you know like if we're talking about the characters as stages of grief you know i'm thinking like uh ventress is bargaining so you know she she bargains until um she is ultimately changed uh irreversibly but like kind of makes excuses for it um you know cassie might be denial right um because she doesn't really see it coming when it comes for her um anya's anger um you know and and uh uh josie is um acceptance i think in this case um which gives us lena for um shock or depression but you know that's another thing about the stages of grief is they they are also it's not a straight line you know um and and people's reaction to trauma and cataclysm isn't always doesn't always make sense um so and i think that 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 is more what the character interaction with this science fiction concept in this movie is about rather than like you know the the initial idea that jeff renner talked about um you know, which is, I think, just a jumping off point of what we ultimately get. Um, and especially about like uh, physical, dis- mental health or, and um, mental illness. And obviously the characters in the movie don't understand mental illness very well uh, among them because either they're taking advantage of other, ca- other people, gaslighting them, or, you know, 
saying that cutting yourself is uh, trying to be more alive, which is... That is a very interesting claim to make about another human being. Um, I mean, Ventress is our psychologist, so that gives us our idea of how great this whole team is handling mental health. Yeah. I feel like like to me it rang true as depiction the way that people can go around and try and deal with their own trauma and their own mental mental illness which is not necessarily trauma at all like it just yeah sometimes is what it is and like how that how that changes how they interact with the world and how that that affects it they're all they all are in the same situation like they all got to the same place right yeah but you know the the these things that are going on behind their eyes right like that is changing how they're interpreting it right like how even they talk about the shimmer right like even after all the horror that she saw the way that Josie talks about the shimmer is very different than Ventress, than very, very different than Anya Live. All of these, like, yeah. I think that, like, to a certain degree, it also is like people are at different stages of mental health, but we are all managing to function in the same place. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah, and um, question mark. I don't know. I don't know how it feels. I think it just is. Yeah, well, that's and that's what the movie, you know, what this is about is that it just is like you know, um, mental illness uh you know the the um after effects of trauma the um the uh cataclysms that happen around us you know ultimately are you know and what we have to do then is just move forward with that knowledge rather than you know because we can sit try to explain it all we want to we can deny or bargain or or get pissed off or whatever but um you know it, it this film the the message here is a lot more nuanced than like you know friendship is magic or whatever yeah, definitely not yeah <laughs> it's yeah not, it's not so yeah. simple i what i do want to tie this this conversation to the our other question of whether this movie is feminist because i do think this sort of just is these very different characters i think it um having this variety of female characters in this type of movie allows them to have like a variety of of interesting and nuanced female characters that most movies don't most movies never even try to um because you know you you have a whole a whole bunch of very different complicated not particularly good people in this this movie um who are all have you know their own ends and their own trauma and their own shit and um it reminded me of the descent in that the it just means that none of the characters have to carry the burden of being the only women in the movie and having to represent a whole gender that's literally what natalie portman said when she was interviewed about this she was like it feels so good to just be to just be embodying the girl on set and like I, it's it's really interesting too because there are I mean this will tie into like there are multiple people of color <laughs> in the movie and yeah. they're allowed to be very different um, and you know that means that like they don't have to be either paragons of goodness or a bad kind of like boring villain right like it's something like you could have a lot more nuance and just be a character which is really yeah cool. yeah I, I do I do want to talk more about that the one the one other thing I wanted to bring in on the topic of feminism is something we talked about a bit on the in the way that it kind of fails by the writer and director of this movie deciding to insert like a infidelity subplot into this story which is entirely unnecessary yeah. to the story yeah. 
Really, yeah. And, yeah. and really, it feels, I don't know, broy in a way that like it's, it just doesn't, it's just not necessary. I feel yeah. like it, it, I feel like it does. Like you, you said, it speaks to <laughs> to the to the person that wrote it, right? More than yeah. anything in particular, and that sounds right. Like I don't know if we would have gotten that Natalie Portman if she got to right. write the character. I mean, I certainly don't think that we would have had two, three different occasions of us like seeing Natalie Portman's naked back as she screws somebody that we we're not even seeing in that scene. Like it's yeah. it's her flashbacks taken completely like out of context of her like she's just yeah. seeing herself you know naked on top of a, a man like it's really like it was weirdly disjointed to me as i was watching it and it's something that like has has bothered me more and more the more i think about it that like it's a whole subplot that isn't necessary that feels at odds with the rest of the story i think that there are there were ways to do it even and involve a husband i yeah, think I mean, that like it was Plenty it's of people grow fruit. apart without it having to be about infidelity. Like, you know, that's yeah. what in the book. break they up just all the time. Yeah, like, yeah. I, I really think just the change in job that she wasn't in the military anymore working together is enough for them to drift apart. You don't need to add this whole other element to it. Yeah. I mean, his, yeah. his job literally means that he leaves her for months at a time and cannot tell her almost anything about where he's been or what he's doing in yeah. a way that, like, would would be difficult in a relationship. I mean, it is difficult for a lot of people who are in that or similar situation. It, it wasted time that didn't need to be wasted. I feel like it would have been a leaner, like a, a like a all killer, no filler movie without that kind of stuff in it. But yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so, I mean, let's, let's do talk a little bit about the fact that uh, there are uh, two prominent women of color in this story um, as, you know, main characters in the cast. Um, you know, we have both, um, we have two, two very different women of color at that too, um, you know, in, in these two characters. And how do we, how do we feel about, you know, Anya and Josie in here? I, I feel like this movie to me feels like everyone divorced from context, which I don't mind. Sometimes that really bothers me. And sometimes I'm like, sure, everyone's off kilter in the same way. And that's fine. But it was really nice to see like, but neither of them felt like stereotypical roles for these type of women yeah. to be playing, mm -hmm. um, which was really nice. And then also to, to have, you know, Anya's kind of like big personality and, and kind of like more, more firm take charge attitude next to Josie's like softness and, 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 you know, and, and whimsical nature was really nice. Yeah. See, it, we, can, we can do it all. They definitely feel like roles where, you know, they were, it wasn't like, ooh, this is going to be the uh, minority characters. Like, they, they felt like yeah. these are the roles we have. We're going to, and like, a little, it felt like it, I don't know if it was race one casting, but it felt in that spirit of just casting without, thought. like, even their names. Um, oh, know, yeah, like, Anya Thornson or whatever. Yeah, Anya Thornson, yeah. Josie Raddick. Yeah, it's a very like, white last name, Thornson. <laughs> Thornson. Yeah. Yeah. It's a literal like... Viking last name. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, they fought a, for yeah. Tessa to be on the movie, right? Like she was filming like a bunch of other stuff, and yeah, they, she, they really had to film around her. And, I mean, like, she's yeah. great. I mean, she I was I doing mean, something so else when they started, and then got the role in in Ragnarok while right, the movie right. was going on. Um, I'm glad they're able to make it work because she's so good in this. But also yeah. to look at Jane the Virgin and be like, "That's gonna be our like like 
Vasquez. Like that's that's yeah. that's who we're gonna like. That's so fascinating to me. It's, I think it's, it's really great cool. to me. Like I'm, I'm yeah. I, I I have to bring up though, like the one bummer to me, and I'm torn because I love Natalie Portman very much, and she embodies this. Is that the character in the book is, uh, and I'm like, oh, like the main character you swapped you swapped in yeah, for I'm, like a white lady. Um, yeah. But then they race bent two other characters. There were, or rather, there was never anything mentioned about the other characters, and they decided like we're gonna have uh, <laughs> two different, you know, women of color in these roles. Yeah, I was yeah. reading up on this because they, um, there was a little bit of like a, a thing around it that like the first movie came out and that stuff isn't really discussed in it's the first in the book, book, as I understand it. And, no, it's and in the like, book. yeah, and. Uh, I mean, for for better or for worse, uh, but, this so director never read the second book. Um, that's true. So I was going to say that, although they all came out the same year, like yeah. all the yeah. books were released in the same year. But I will say, like, that's true. He read the book once, and then he was like, "Got it." Yeah, he read the <laughs> yeah, first book, and like he he wild, started yeah. casting, and then people were like, "Hey, but um, why didn't you cast a half Asian person for this this character who's half Asian?" And he was like, "Oh, I." never read that book as far as i knew in, in this book like you know geez. and nothing is explained about yeah. it does expose oh, yeah. a certain well i don't know i guess that's not fair i was gonna say it, it does expose a certain level of white as default but again like you said two other characters who who had no racial details in the books were uh made people of color so and natalie portman being attached to the project is kind of what made it get made right like that yeah. was like a major part of like getting funding and so it's like i get like they they had a lot of arguments apparently especially about the end of this movie and you know whether it was going to be made with this ending um which you know ultimately like uh, I think it's from- ultimately I do, like I this am, movie got distributed internationally through netflix because like some of the oh, yeah. financiers backed out of it because they didn't like the way it ended. I am sad this movie didn't make, didn't do better at the box office and make more money. I definitely blame myself for not seeing it in theaters. <laughs> I'm uh, sorry, but again, like, and again, I think that's it's the right ending. I think it's a really strong ending, uh, and it just it makes me a little sad that it didn't do better because I can only imagine what a fight it was to do a movie like this and we all fucking know how hollywood was like give him an ex- give him any excuse not to do yeah a, a different movie or a creative movie like especially one featuring marginalized um like it, majorly or entirely marginalized casts I, I do have to yeah. say i really like i mean i really like tessa thompson in this movie period and but yeah. i i like that she plays a part that like is not the sort of part that a lot of black actresses usually get. She is, uh, you know, brainy and whimsical and weird in a way that is almost always given to like twee white actresses, Um, (laughs) you know, and, and like, you know, they don't feel the need to like, (laughs) they don't feel the need to strong arm you into remembering that she's black at any point either. Like, yeah, it's very apparent. (laughs) She just like, yeah, she she just is who she is, and like. So Tessa the idea of this playing the part, woman, like, this was something that like I was thinking about uh, on an earlier viewing, um, and her being just out of like her doctoral like run or whatever, and her being someone who is 
probably used to being in exclusively white spaces or predominantly whites and the way that she her characters kind of portrayed as like retreating into herself and and not being invisible she says what she says when she needs to say it right like she's very clear about that but like otherwise she is very much like I'm I'm in a bubble I'm just my mm-hmm. own and to me like that that was the blackness as a black person who went to a black college who did not react that way reacted in a very different way but like who <laughs> saw that in, in in other people like that felt really authentic it's not really code switching so much as like this is my different um and and I I wondered, and I'm glad they didn't explain it in any way, shape, or form. Glad they left me to wonder. But I wonder if part of the self-harm, this kind of shrinking of self or needing to be like in these spaces that are so violently hostile to us all the time. Um, And how is that character's self-harm linked to that aspect of having to be a Black person? Glad they never explained it. Do not need it explained. Don't (laughs) don't write it in an article. Just just don't tell me. (laughs) But like, to me, that felt, that felt like a nod to black, blackness, the way that she acted, the way that she covered herself, the way that she, when she spoke, she said what she said, but otherwise she was very like, uh, I'm, it's none of my business. I'm not getting in, um, which I really liked. I like seeing that. I like seeing that as much as I like the Anya character be someone who was nurturing in her own way, right? Like yeah. she saw someone was set, upset and she would be like, okay, come on, I got this. Like, let's go, let's do this. Like, we'll, we're all right. Everyone's all right. Um, in a way she feels that... like she's outright protective of Josie at various points yes. in there. Like, yeah, yeah, but Shepard too, right? Like, she's like, she's like, these are my people, these are my friends. This is my role, and I will, I will absolutely do it. Um, and I really like seeing that. And to me, that that felt as well, like in a way that like wasn't like I'm a brash, loud person. It's like not really. Like she got loud when she was upset, but like that's normal. That's like that's a that's a response that everyone should have. <laughs> like mm-hmm. this is upsetting. <laughs> like. Um, but like that kind of character, if it was a, like if it was in the 90s um, or the 80s, right, uh, that character would like make fun of Skip, yeah. right? But she was allowed to not do that. She was allowed to be like, no, 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 like, I got you. You're my little duckling. Like, we're going to be okay. And to see even my, my feelings about Gina Rodriguez are very, but to see, <laughs> you know, a Latina character be able to be the strong one, quote unquote, but also be kind and be nurturing in that way in a protective like way with muscles was great it was phenomenal. and she's also the that. queer one in the, the story so yeah. yeah arguably there are at least three queer ones but yes, yeah she, she is, is the, the outwardly <laughs> queer one she she expresses her <laughs> she expresses her queerness by you know by actively hitting on other women in this story i've reached a point in my life where i just as- <laughs> it's a good place like, you to gotta, be yeah. yes it's a yeah. I think it's a good way to just choose to live life. People are queer until shown until otherwise. otherwise. Listen, arguably Lena is also not like she could be queer. She could be bi. Yeah. You don't know. Yeah. Yeah. I think appeals to everyone. All right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Just be, yeah. Just be banging Oscar Isaac is no proof of straightness. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't know. This is one of my favorite movies. Um, I watched it in theaters and it really changed my brain. And every time I've watched it, I just loved it more. And like, like, you know, Emily said earlier, like there are things about it that like, I'm like, we've watched this movie. I didn't make it from the ground up. Like that's as someone we all create, right? Like we yeah. all make things and it's like, yes, other people point out all kinds of stuff in the stuff that we make. And we're like, sure. Now that it's done, you can say that, but you didn't yeah. make it from scratch. So you, do, you don't know what it's like to build that first. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. 
that's and that's something that like especially i'm really glad that i watched it the second time because i'm def- i get opinionated uh about visuals especially um and uh and i remember critiquing the film and a lot of people came at me and they're like how dare you blah this movie's so good for representation and stuff i'm like well no it's you can you can both critique something and also like it like it's not yeah, yeah. that's allowed yeah. yeah you can yeah. you can have mixed feelings about things and if, also if, too like uh, from a story standpoint there are things that like i'm like mm, yeah i would change it but like i i'm blessed in that i don't have a so i'm just like this is really pretty i saw it, it really pretty. <laughs> mm-hmm. everything's rainbows and shit look at these flowers growing out of the same vine that's crazy <laughs> like, <laughs> all right <laughs> okay <laughs> i mean it's i it's like that's another thing is you know there's there's elements of it that i don't that you know i i'm just like oh i guess that's cool because like the 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 situation with dan in the in the movie i was like eh but everything else was going on and i never really thought about it it bothered me so much yeah um and uh but you know thinking about it now i think it's i think it is a testament to the movie's quality that it can be critiqued you know it's it's these kind of these movies that are that are just like doing something so hard that we're like and it does it it succeeds a lot and that's where you know when i get opinionated about movies like this it's because they do so many other things really well and i'm like why don't you do that other thing really well you know (laughs) yeah it's it's it's, I, i think as somebody who's like made a lot of stuff i see a lot of things like this movie and i go Ah, just one more editorial pass just like right one more like if you had, had somebody look over it whose who's opinion you'd value that you'd actually like do what they said because i i feel like uh the, the director in all of the commentary and all the i would like about it a story very... woman to have taken a like look at this like that was like watching the featurettes and stuff i was like producer is a dude this guy is a dude this guy is a dude all all very committed to doing the best job yeah commendable but like you just needed a different perspective maybe yeah yeah just just needed yeah some somebody to look at it and say hey why is this here do you need this like you could shave 10 minutes off of this movie and like not totally kill your pacing in a few places if you just just took out these flashback bits um Mm -hmm. donate them um so uh, it sounds like we're all uh more or less in agreement that people uh should check this out if they haven't already right it's worth seeing oh yeah absolutely oh, for sure yeah. i mean look we've watched a lot of horror movies none of them have made me feel or experience or been an experience the way annihilation was yeah i i really enjoyed it it is not a fun sci-fi romp like say an nope. alien or aliens that you know at the end you can be like yeah there's no there's no great like uh <laughs> we talked about at the end of Aliens that Sigourney Weaver has that like um, get away from her you bitch at the yeah. end of that, that like that. You go, yeah there's not a line at the end of this movie where you're gonna go yeah line at the end of this movie you're making gonna go, something new huh. yeah <laughs> are you Kane uh. I don't know yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah this, you're not gonna watch this dance battle and snap along it's not you know West Side Story yeah. kind of dance battle it's no it's weird and it's interesting and it's the sort of thing you'll be thinking about for a while afterwards um but certainly no like stand up and cheer kind of moments at the end of this um you i will be seeing that bear in my nightmares i'm fairly sure there's no triumphant moment as 
Tessa Thompson victoriously becomes a flower person. She, she deserved her flowers and she got them. Yeah. She did. She, did. Yeah. she gets the happiest ending in the movie as far as I'm concerned. I agree. I agree. Flowers yeah. know you're there. The mycelium knows you're there. Did you like oh like read Mexican Gothic or something? Like what? What is the with the mycelium? Like? Oh, We've been okay. watching a lot of Brian Fuller stuff. So oh, Brian Fuller. Yeah. Oh, Hannibal. Right. Yeah. First yeah. season. Mushrooms. Gotcha. Yeah, and like yeah, we, we and- traced it like through three different Brian Fuller things, right? It's like it's in that, and it's in Discovery, and wasn't it in? Thing. I want to, I want to say Dave said it was in another Brian Fuller thing, but I can't remember what yeah. it was. But- people, re- <laughs> yeah, and and it was just like the same, like the same line, like ceiling. <laughs> um which you know some of that kind of translates into the you know we're we're not beca- we're not dying, we're becoming something new. Um, that's the the Josie thing for me. Like you know, she just became a different form of life. Uh, um, no, cannot destroy if, the Tessa Thompson. You can only remake the Tessa Thompson. Yes. <laughs> no, if uh, if people did enjoy this, what do we recommend they check out along with this? Vita, did you have any recommendations? Uh, I won't take the one that I think Emily's going to say. Uh, so I will say uh, some Junji Ito stuff. I think it has a very similar vibe. Um, there's a collection of short stories. Um, it's on my shelf. So uh, fragments of horror that has like some weird stuff in it that you're just like, oh, there's no answer here. <laughs> it's just like a horror. Uh, Uzumaki is the same. I think mm-hmm. you're just like, oh, this is just this is just a nightmare. Speaking of language, here. yeah. Uh, so I would definitely suggest those. <laughs> I don't know about what movies could you possibly. There's nothing quite like it. I mean, I guess my recommendation would be. I don't know, take a bunch of NyQuil and play No Man's Sky. Yeah, sure. <laughs> sure. Or or like watch a playthrough of whatever that Kojima game was. Oh, Death, Death Stranding. Stranding. Death Stranding. Yeah, like I was going to say, like, I guess maybe some like Dead Space if you want like oh, no. horror that combines like physical horrific transformation with mental deterioration. I mean, I... Uh... I have a few movies on here that are sort of like the progenitors of this film, you know, like Alien, The Thing, Altered yes. States. Oh, The Thing is a good one. Yeah. 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 Altered States. Yes. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, 2001 Space Odyssey, you know, like yes. the kind of stuff that's, that's high concept. Sci-fi. Yeah. It's more right? sci-fi, but like yeah. the, this movie is like, if you put um, The Thing in 2001 Space Odyssey one um, and uh, you know, the books, uh, I would yes. definitely watch the movie before you read the books. That's always my advice because, it, you know, <laughs> the movie might be good, um, but it really should stand by itself. And I feel like the the reading the books first kind of took away a bit of the movie for me. So I would wa- definitely watch this movie and then, you know, enjoy what the books have to offer. Um, and then uh, it's my old friend, uh, Neon Genesis Evangelion. Always. <laughs> yeah. Um, Evangelion is very much like this um screwing around with what they don't understand all sorts of like you know weird uh metaphorical allegorical shit happening all the time um you know the the refraction of you know the concept of dna uh mutating and people psychologically uh developing and or or decaying you know um also Utena, right? The, the oh, movie specifically, The Adolescence of Utena, just absolutely, you're just like, oh, this is just, you're just questioning everything now. What's real? Yeah. I don't know. It, 
if you really want something that's like a like a trip although adolescence of utna is more like if you took the series revolutionary girl utna which is a little bit more theatrical and free based it just yeah (laughs) put it in a blender and then free based it and you're like (laughs) people are cars now i don't (laughs) there's a lot of um, (laughs) hours another thing i would definitely recommend if um if you're into the sort of aesthetic of this movie the sort of mystery and wonder is um the series and manga mushishi oh yeah 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 for sure um that's a really really cool one and uh it's a little bit more like explained but it's a little bit more mythological but there's still kind of that weird fantasy element of like parts of nature just like out there and weird and you know they just are and what you got to do is just put like a candle in your ear and you'll you know don't candle but like yeah (laughs) or like you know uh look at uh uh, the bottom of a pond for a minute and it'll be fine or whatever (laughs) i wonder too what about paprika right like if you're talking about kind of psychological reality and non-reality crashing into each other yeah yeah it definitely there's like a lot of stuff out there that's that's conceptually similar um i think yeah like mushishi like the Jinji Ito stuff, like you said, is is definitely like Uzumaki, especially. Yeah, I think that one's. Um, yeah, I've I've got a few uh, weird ones in here as well. Uh, I think I've mentioned before the podcast Tannis. Uh, oh yeah, Tannis yeah, is a very similar vibe to this, where it's like, I mean, yeah, it's yeah. literally like Tannis is about a um, weird place that sort of exists in the Pacific Northwest, but also doesn't. And when you're in it, you like can't really remember a lot of what happened there, and weird shit goes yes. on there, and um, it, it gives you all sorts of weird properties, and uh, you know you only remember bits and pieces of it later. Um, I talked a lot about that, and it's it's sort of sister podcast, the Black Tapes. Um, yeah, which they're the same tapes... people that did Rabbits too, right? Like that's, yeah. that whole that whole jam is real weird. <laughs> Ra- Rabbits. <laughs> Rabbits, I loved, and it had, but it had the same issue as Black Tapes, where like they had great buildup and then they kind of shat the bed at the end. Um, yeah. <laughs> which, uh, is, man, I don't, I don't love that. Uh, Tannis kind of does the opposite of like the buildup kind of feels slow in progress sometimes, and you're like, I don't really know where this is going, and then it gets to the end, and you're like, oh, I like where this went. Um, I think also there's uh, obviously contact and arrival when we're talking about kind of weird. Uh, first contact things um obviously i think ex machina which is the the movie that this director did just before this uh, which is another weird sci-fi movie but much more to do with robots um another one that struck me on this which is a movie i don't love but i know other people do and really like is maybe even weirder than annihilation is under the skin um oh yeah that's very similar yeah also very sad (laughs) in which scarlett johansson is an alien who is eating people and also people are terrible uh this is a movie right (laughs) you know documentary and everything in it is real time yeah Uh, and if you're just looking for weird sci-fi uh solaris is another one oh yeah that like I mean, if you if you really want to watch a movie and have no idea what the fuck happened at the end, watch the original Solaris, because um, it's it's one of those that at the end you're just like, what did I just? <laughs> what happened to the last ninety minutes? Um, <laughs> you stayed there and it's raining upside down. 
if you want to, if you want a slightly more uh, sci-fi adventure oriented version of that, I love Sunshine. Um, Sunshine is a little more. It it has some of the like weird space and time bendy stuff of this movie, um, but a little more action oriented. Um, also, I don't know how nobody else uh, thought of this immediately while watching this movie. But Alan Moore's Swamp Thing kind of lives in the oh, back yeah, of, of this course. movie like a weird oh, ghost. That's true. Like, yes, hundred percent. I've read. Great uh, call. Yeah. 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 But yeah, for yeah real. I mean, not just Literally. people turning into plants, but definitely people turning into plants. Yes. Um, mm-hmm. Yes. It it feels like it has a lot of that same air as that run of Swamp Thing, which is super weird if you've never read it. If you if you see Swamp Thing and you think, oh, it's just a DC superhero joint, like, I know what those are about. <laughs> or yeah, Swamp Thing is, no, very is a weird psychedelic trip. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that should have occurred to you. <laughs> <laughs> it's been a while since I read Swamp Thing. Yeah. Jeremy just putting us all this shit. Oh, yeah, well, that was, I can't, I can't take complete credit for that. I mean, I was thinking it through the movie and then I got to the, uh, I, I got to the featurettes and uh, the director is like, oh yes. And I was really influenced by um, this comic book by Alan Moore Swamp Thing. And I was like, no shit you were, dude. Yeah. <laughs> yeah it would have been great if he came out. I was really inspired by this Alan Moore comic, Tom Strong. <laughs> 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 That's what we need more of is people inspired by Tom Strong. There's a lot of people being inspired by Watchmen and Swamp Thing. I just need more yeah. people that are really, really here for Tom Strong and Wildcats, you know? <laughs> really what about ins- Promethea? No, thank you. Uh, it's pretty. It <laughs> is uh, a comic. Sure is. Yeah. I mean, sometimes. On that note, it is. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, why don't you, Vita, actually let people know where they can find you online? Uh, if I ever go back to Twitter, my Twitter is at definitely Vita. Um, I go back very briefly, um, but that's where I live online. Awesome. And uh, of course, make sure to check out all uh, Vita's comics. There are a lot and uh, they're all good. Yeah, they are all awesome. Uh, and uh, Emily, where can people find you online? Um, Megamoth on Twitter. Uh, which is where all you geomorphologists can contact me and tell me about your jobs. Uh, please do. I'm, again, very serious. Um, I'm, I'm actually serious, like it sounds interesting. Uh, Megamoth on Patreon um, and uh, Megamoth on uh, Tumblr and then you know, Mega-Moth on Instagram and uh, Megamoth.net. Wait, Mega underscore Moth on Instagram. Is that what I said? I don't know. I Probably. Can't. We'll find out when I edit we'll it. We'll find out uh, in the editing. <laughs> and and uh, Ben, where can people find you online? Uh, you can find me online at, at on Twitter at, at BenTheCon. Uh, you can check out BenConComics.com uh, and find all them fun, good, comic-y goodness. Yeah. Awesome. I love fun, good, comedy, com- comic-y. And uh, I am, of course, at jrome 58 on Twitter and Instagram. I'm jeremywhitley.com. Uh, you can pre-order the second book of School for Extraterrestrial Girls right now. Um, and you can find all of that stuff uh, at your local comic book store. Uh, Progressively Horrified is, of course, on Patreon. We would love for you to come visit us there. It's patreon.com slash progressivelyhorrified. We're at Prague Horror Pod on Twitter. Uh, we're 
progressivelyhorrified.transistor.fm. And please, wherever you're listening to us, we would love if you would subscribe and rate and review. That's the best way for us to find and reach new audiences. Um, and I do want to thank Vita very much again for joining us tonight. It was great. Thank you for having me. This was a blast. Thank, thank you, you for being here. Thank this you was a- so much. And thank you for recommending this movie. So we made sure to watch it and I could watch it again. Um, <laughs> and for- forgive it for the great paper flowers. <laughs> <laughs> and thank you as always for Emily and Ben for joining us here today. Thank you guys so much for helping with this. Uh, always a pleasure. Always Getting a good time. <laughs> and thank you all for listening. We will see you next time. Until then, stay horrified. Progressively Horrified is created and produced by Jeremy Whitley. This episode featured Jeremy Whitley, Ben Kahn, Emily Martin, and Vita Ayala. All opinions expressed by the commentators are solely their own, not intended to represent the intent or opinion of the filmmakers, nor do they represent any of the employers, institutions, or publishers of the commentators. Our theme music is Epic Darkness by Mario Cole 06 and is provided royalty-free from Pixabay. Support us on Patreon or contact us on Twitter at ProgHorrorPod or by Gmail at ProgressivelyHorrified at gmail.com.